Were you not recording this? No, sorry, I forgot to turn it All right, let's try it again. God damn it! Hi, everybody. Welcome to Sneaky Dragon Deja Vu uh, Edition, uh, episode <laughs> 456. My friend David is here. Hi, David. Hello. Good to see you. Good to hear from you. Don't see you because we're in different rooms. In uh, and we 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 did this once before. Something went wrong. We the first time around though, we mentioned like you're in your bat cave. I'm in my fortress of solitude. Yeah. We did a little. I'll, I'll just do a riffy recap. Then we talked <laughs> about like what's Wonder Woman got. And they went maybe her plane. Then we talked about her plane for a bit. Then I mentioned Wonder Woman can fly. It's weird that she can. Fly, she's got a plane. Then I mentioned, like, she's got uh, the tough skin, but she's still got uh, deflects bullets. Uh, it's like every, everything about Wonder Woman is uh, redundant. Uh, and then you, you did a long riff on Batman. And then you talked about a suburban character called Bob, who, like, works the suburbs around Gotham City. Yep. We all had a good time. We Jim jammed on that for a while. And then you looked down and you went, fuck. And, um, <laughs> and that brings us to uh, where we were with where the we previous are episode. Yeah. Well, you just left out my, my suggestion with, with Wonder Woman was that it was an accretion of, of traits over time. So that she started as a simpler character, but then over time, people have like, they want to do a story and they're like, oh, in order to do this story, I need to make her, you know, fly. So then they, they go, did you know that she can fly? And then if someone mm-hmm. else is reading it, they go like, oh, I guess she can fly. I guess I'll have to put that into my story. And then someone else is, is like, oh, you know what? I don't really like that Wonder Woman can fly because that's not the Wonder, Wonder Woman I've been reading all these years. So I'm going to like b- dial that back a little bit. We'll just have her glide. We'll have Wonder Woman as part flying squirrel. And then, and the same, you know, the same thing with Superman, right? That Superman started off as a jumper. Yeah. He could, he, he could, could jump an eighth of a mile. Yeah. 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 And then he could, you know, he could outrun a locomotive. Yeah, he would always really make a big fuss of that. Like he'd run next to the locomotive so that someone would see him doing it and like really like give a look sure. like, huh? Look, check this, check this shit out. Yeah. Fast, huh? And the person would be, oh, and then if it was a kid, the kid would then tell their parents, the parents would call them a liar. Because that's the way it was back then. <laughs> kids were liars and they needed to be told they were liars. Well two kids in the original Superman movie are called liars. You're right. Because of Superman. When you get slapped for it. I know. It's a weird scene. Like it is it, weird. they play it as such a sweet scene and then the yeah, mom slaps the girl for lying. And you think like Superman can hear that shit. Yeah. He really should take care of this. Well, you know mom and dad are taking their kids to the movies. You gotta have a scene for them. Yeah, kid, and parents love a scene where they uh someone's hitting a kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. They're like, ah, oh, that's great. They just they cross their arms in front of them and they go, mm-hmm. Yeah. I would do the same thing. You never see a you know, scene. That girl was lucky I didn't horse whip her. Yeah, you, you uh, never see a scene with Ma and Pa Kent where they decide to give uh, Superman a spanking as a baby and uh, no dice as uh, Pa breaks his hand. <laughs> that would have been great. Yeah. And the, the doctor's like looking at an x ray and it's like, it's you know, you just see the outline of the hand and there's like four million bones inside the hand, you know? <laughs> it's all these, it's just shattered to pieces and they're like, I, I, you. I don't know. You say you run over with a tractor? Yeah. Yeah. But then you also say, like, you were hitting your kid too hard then. If you shattered your hand into that many pieces, well, no, you don't do, you can't do that. No no, no dice, Jonathan. I'm so, I'm, I'm so sorry. Who's Jonathan? That. Jonathan is uh, Superman's uh, dad. Jonathan? John, Jonathan Kent. <laughs> okay. You know his mom's name. Don't tell me you don't know his mom's name. Is it Eartha Kitt? Yeah, his mom's name is Eartha Kitt. The same name name as Superman's mom is also Eartha Kitt. 
I'm sorry, uh, Batman's mom. I hope the Superman and Superman also have the same name, Mom. Uh, Martha. I know the name, of course. Of Martha. course you do. Martha, Martha, Martha. It used to be something that like, uh, I thought was so silly when I was uh, younger. I was like, why are... I mean, it was, it was a thing where you really clearly went, both of these are old characters. Both of these are old characters that they have, you know, names like Martha that have like long since faded. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and, mom, and like Wonder they, Woman's mom, they is are named, they are old characters. Yeah, and, mom, and Wonder Woman's mom is named Hippolyta. Like, okay, no one uses that name anymore because hmm. you know you're you're God and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think anyone but but a God used that name. Actually, there is the um, the mother in uh, Lovecraft uh, country uh, has that name. Yeah, but that's just a made up character. It's not a. I mean, maybe people would name their their kid that, but what character has that name? Uh, the mother. Of the uncle or the aunt, you mean, or the? Well, she's a mother of somebody, right? Like she's a maternal character. She's the mother of the girl who's the uh, cartoonist. Oh, I see. Right? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. her name is Hippolyta, but does not get pronounced like Hippolyta. It gets pronounced like Hippolyta or some something like that. But it's it's uh, spelled it's spelled like Hippolyta. Is that how you pronounce it, Hippolyta? I've never. Oh, that's a good point. I've I, only uh, I've only read it as I've read it as a different. I've read it like as Hippolyta or something weird thing like that. Oh so. well, I have to go watch an old episode of Wonder Woman and see what they call. Was was was? Uh, I'm going to say keep saying Hippolyta just because it'd be too hard to not. Was she played by Cloris Leachman in the uh, TV show? The mother. Yeah, I think Cloris Leachman uh, played played uh, uh, Linda Carter's uh, mom in uh, Wonder Woman. I didn't really watch that show. Well, that's uh, fine. Whether you watched it or not, she—I think she played played the character. Oh, that's good. That'd be funny if, like, uh, because you didn't watch the show, it's like, well, then it didn't exist. No, I just mean I, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, I'm looking back. I on can't answer. IMDb I can't answer your question because of, of of my deep, woeful ignorance. No, that's absolutely fine. Wonder Woman. Yes, she was Queen Hippolyta. Absolutely, she hmm. was. Does it give a pronunciation for Hip, for Hip, Hippolyta? It does not at all. But I'm sure she said. Her name at some point, and then uh, shortly after that, she went on to. Oh wait, no, it wasn't shortly after that. I was going like, well, was she Phyllis before then? She was Phyllis before. She was then, Phyllis before that. She was yeah, uh, from 1970 to 1977, and in her own series from 75 to 77. Before that, she was getting an Oscar for being in uh, the Last Picture Show. You know what shocked me uh, was uh, we were watching Foul Play last night. Oh boy, um, <laughs> with that. Uh, Peter. Chevy Chase and Goldie Hawn. Oh, okay. And, Why were you watching and, that? Why were you watching that? Because uh, it was it was on Turner Classic Movies a okay. while back, and I taped it. And I was like, you know what? I remember Dudley Moore being funny in it, uh, like r- roughly from when I was a kid. I and, don't even remember Dudley Moore. Maybe I haven't yeah, seen that movie, though. Yeah, he's a pervy guy who oh, you know, okay. has kind of a – he has one of those, uh, if you watch Family Guy, like quagmire sex houses – where uh, he pushes like buttons and things spin around, and, okay. you know, and then he's at a massage sure, parlor sure. while things are going along and whatnot. It, it was the seventies, but uh, but I didn't know that Goldie Hawn won an Oscar for. He won an Oscar for. This oh, wait, is wait, a... let me just think for a second. Okay, very good. Goldie Hawn won. Uh... Goldie Hawn won an Oscar. What won an Oscar? Probably for. Did she win it for shampoo? She won it for cactus flower. Oh, I was going to she... guess. Damn it! And I changed my mind. Yeah, I didn't. Cactus I didn't realize that. I think that was with Walter like, Matthau, right? Yeah. I thought this was a big breakout role for her, but like she'd already won an Oscar. Yeah, yeah, no, like, she was she... ten years earlier. Yeah, yeah, you know, in in sixty nine. That's a and it's weird. Like she was still in Laughing at the time. <laughs> yeah, 
that's weird going back to that job where you're just dancing in your bikini and <laughs> playing that character and the giggling and the, doing the jokes and yeah. just like, I got an Oscar. Mm. There you go. I, I've never seen Cactus Flower. What's what's it about? It's one of those kind of like straight guy meets wild girl and he she she brings something about, out about himself that he doesn't. You know what I mean? Okay. Pixie dream girl kind of thing. Sure. Back when back when it wasn't as kind of as uh, cliched as it would be now, I think. And it, and was it uh, good? Yeah, it's not bad actually. It's not a bad it's not movie. Bad. I mean, it's, it's kind of it's if you uh, hang around TCM long enough, I'm sure it'll come around. So, uh, then I then I will. Yeah, no, uh, Foul Play was uh, and so the weirdest thing about Foul Play it stars Chevy Chase and, and of course, as I said, Goldie Hawn. And there's some funny things like Burgess Meredith has a fight scene in there with a woman, older woman, and it's uh, it's all right. There's some good bits, um, but Chevy Chase. Starts off as Chevy Chase from Saturday Night Live. Yeah. He's like, you know, reaching for a glass and like, and it falls down. Or like he's trying to get on a houseboat and he leans against a rail and like, falls in the water. And he's, you know, very sarcastic and mean and, you know, all this stuff. And then halfway through the movie, completely drops that. Totally drops it. Plays the whole rest of it straight. Not a joke to be found. And like, not a wisecrack. It was like, if you're watching Ghostbusters and Bill Murray then just went like, well, that's enough of that. And then just became very serious, you know, became Razor's Edge, Bill Murray for like, the, well, actually Razor's Edge probably wasn't that serious. I'm trying to think of a movie where he's serious. Anyway, he was just really serious through the whole rest of the movie and seemed to have forgotten he has a character. Yeah, it's odd. Hmm. And then and the movie gets wackier and wackier and it's about a uh, Pope being assassinated and there's <laughs> a cardinal with a twin brother and there's a dwarf. And then there's an albino, and it's you know, it's basically it's not a million miles away from uh, being uh, Da Vinci, uh, whatever Inquest, uh, Da Vinci, not Da Vinci, da Vinci Code, da Vinci, da Vinci Code, Vinci Code. Yeah, I'm, com- I'm confusing it with a Canadian TV show. Or would, yeah, you, would a, you say it's closer to Hudson Hawk? Is that? Uh, Hudson Hawk is uh, better than this. I, I would I, say I, I really enjoy Hudson Hawk. So yeah, I'm that guy. This has a couple of scenes in it that are uh, that are all right. Like it ends. It ends. Oh, sorry. It's it. There's a thing at the end where there's a police officer who you like, who's pretty pretty likable. Just doesn't do much, but he's just like going around, or maybe he's even a security guard. Okay. And like there's a you know he he helps them out. He's okay, and he ends up getting shot. And he gets shot, and he get he gets tangled in some rope. And like it's a production of the Mikado. And at the end, that but then the bad guy. I'm not gonna say who it is. Also gets shot and he's hanging as well. And then the the a big bolt comes down and the two dead guys are there and uh, people aren't really even shocked. They're just like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then you know all this happy stuff happens that you're like, good for them. They they they, they did it. Good for them. And it's like there's a there's a dead guy who we like that's hanging there. Cut him cut him down before you start kissing. He's like right behind you. Cut him <laughs> cut him down. Like, this is no, this is no good. Don't, don't do that. And then they also uh, just keep playing this one Barry Manilow uh, song, uh, the willing to take a chance again song. They just play that like all over and over. It start with it. They end with it. It's uh, throughout it. They saturate it with it. It's just like, oh, good, good. Enough. I don't, it, I don't think I've ever seen that movie, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, uh, it is very, it's from 78 and by God, it's 78. It was a big hit though. Yes, I'm sure it was. Because I, I know that because I, I just finished that book about Caddyshack and it mentions that that movie was a hit. But unfortunately, then he uh, 
he made the decision to do Oh Heavenly Dog. Which, yeah. Which so is, that was he filmed uh, before he, Caddyshack, just before Caddyshack. And that's that's the film he did with Benji, right? The dog. Was uh, it was related to Benji. Okay, you got to explain what that means. What does it was like? It was like Benji's uh, niece or something like that. Like it's like you know, <laughs> it wasn't like a direct descendant of Benji, but it was related. You know, it was related somehow okay, to Benji's the mother. The story is the dog related to. Oh Benji no no no! Or? This this is the animal that they were using oh, okay, the film. Okay, was... like, that's a weird thing that like in the yeah movie, yeah 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 like, no no no. Hey, by the way, this dog is related to Benji. <laughs> Ooh, no. Benji, he's so cute. He's cute in that movie, Benji. No, uh, it was. Just a, just a case of animal actors being being related, not not the characters in the film. So does he become the dog, and then like he gets I, murdered? Once again, I I can't help you because I I guess I guess the only Chevy Chase movie I've ever seen. Oh no, I guess I've seen National Lampoon's Vacation. Yeah. European Vacation, Christmas Vacation, Memoir, Mem- Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, I think it is Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I did see that. And, and one of and one of the Fletch movies. Did you see Spies Like Us? No. That's uh, that's all right. Uh, Was it Fletch Lives or was it the first Fletch? I don't know. Was it terrible or eh? Because if it was terrible, it was Fletch Lives. (laughs) If it was eh, it's it's Fletch. It might have been eh. Is there there one where... Okay, which one does he go down? Like, does he go down south and there's like a house? Oh, that's Fletch Lives. Okay, then I saw the terrible one. That's where you have the uh, fantasy scene where he's on a plantation. Um... That probably plays well today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I have not. Uh, I don't remember that. I may not have seen all of it. I think. I, I think I caught it on TV and just started watching it at some point. Did you, did you mention that you saw Three Amigos? I have seen Three Amigos. That's a good movie. Yeah, I like Randy Newman in that movie. It's a weird thing that. Uh, oh, what, what is it? What does he play? Uh, he's he's the talking cactus or bush or whatever. Oh, all right. I got to see this again. Um, <laughs> It's one thing I always notice when uh, you've got Martin Short and Steve Martin together. Yeah. And they do a lot of stuff together. They did like a Broadway show together. They did all this together. And uh, never gets brought up Chevy Chase. Never. And it's just, this is odd. This is <laughs> odd. Like, when you see you two together, it's, hmm, hey, there's Larry and Moe. Huh. Well, Larry and Moe are really enjoying doing stuff together. Hmm. <laughs> never bring well, up. Well, uh, I mean... Uh, Martin and Steve Martin and, and and Steve Martin and Martin Short, besides sharing la- first and last names, they yeah. did more than one movie together, though, didn't they? Because they also did that one where one like with is it like I can't remember like Martin Short's really clumsy or something like that. Is it isn't that with Steve Martin? Okay, that's not helping me at all. <laughs> you know that movie? Oh yes. Okay, here's what they did together. Uh, they did the two Father of the Bride movies. Yes. Yes. So that yes, but that was more like. Martin Short. It was more of a bit. It was more of a bit part. Yeah, he comes in and does the funny bit. He's the color. And he's the color in the movie. Yeah, he certainly is. He, good for good for him. Does a great job. And he's he's fine in Inner Space too. Good good on him on that as well. Inner Space is that also with no? That's with that's with Randy Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Yeah, good looking Quaid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a good movie. It it is indeed. Yeah. Uh, but this is yeah. You see, you see. Foul what's the one where he? Like, what's the one with Martin Short where he's clumsy? Uh, I guess inner space would that be? No, nope, that's not about? the one I'm thinking about. No, it's one where they're like, oh, dumb luck, pure luck, pure luck, something luck. Okay, and you gotta tell me. You gotta tell me a little bit more here. You gotta, you gotta help me out. I don't remember, but it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. There's a scene okay. where there's a scene where Martin Short gets bitten by a bee and it gets all it starts to swell up. 
Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you is a film. All right, from what year on should I go? Uh, this would have been sort of maybe late 80s. Okay, so we're looking at Three Amigos. Then we're going Inner Space. Then yeah. we're going Cross My Heart. Okay. Uh, three Fugitives. The Big Picture, which is really good. That's a pretty good movie. Yeah, you got to see The Big Picture. He's very, very good in that. Pure Luck. There you go. I said that. I said Pure Luck, uh, well, okay. as well as a lot of other things. I said Pure so, Luck, Dumb Luck, and then I said Gotta Get Luck. I said Gotta Get Lucked. But yeah. Okay, so uh, who is his co-star in Pure Luck? Off the top of your head. So it's not Steve Martin. No. Is it Charles Could- Grodin? Uh, no, he's, uh, let me, let me just say he's not white. Let's go with that. That'll, oh. that'll cut out a bunch of names for you. Oh, okay. Is co- oh, oh, uh, e, uh. Harry Shearer has a, a fairly okay part in it, but, uh, but he's not, uh, by any means the co-star. Is it, is it Robert Downey Jr.? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yes, I understand what you're saying. I get where you're going with that. Uh, no, uh, what, let me just think here. Um, jeez. I saw this movie once. Uh, think, I'm glad you did. You think I'd remember it better. Mm-hmm. He played Raymond Campanella. The character was Raymond Campanella. Raymond Campanella. Yeah. Was it? Was it Wesley Snipes? It was not Wesley Snipes. No. Was it a fellow comedian? No. But oh, it's, it's Danny uh, Glover. It's Danny Glover. Of course it is. Yeah. 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 No. Sorry. I don't know why. I, don't I didn't remember that, but then now I remember. Yeah, Danny Glover. It's a. It's a fine. It's a fine do you film. Think, uh, do you think that we're getting too old for this shit, and our memories aren't? Uh... <laughs> I've been really concerned about my memory lately, to be honest with you. I it, oh. I feel like it's not as good as it used to be. By the way, the villain in it yeah. uh, looks like a, uh, it's, it's played by Scott Wilson, and the villain is Frank Grimes, oh. who is also the name of uh, Homer Simpson's nemesis in The uh, in the Simpsons. That's right. I, that, that episode is old enough that I remember that episode. Right. And Harry Shearer is in this movie as well. And he plays Mr. Burns, who's also... Homer Simpson's nemesis. <laughs> so there's a lot to enjoy. Now I'm thinking like, has Martin Short been on? Yes, Martin Short has been on uh, The Simpsons. He play, he directed uh, a play based on uh, Lisa's um, Lisa's comic book. That's a uh, good one. That's yeah. a good episode. I forgot <laughs> I know, about that see, one. You say, you, say, you say that in shock, and it is uh, lately, yeah. It is, uh, no, no, no. That's an older one, too. Like, it, what? What's that, sorry? The, the the sad girl episode is an old episode. Yeah, yeah. Not super, not super old. Oh, it's not. Maybe two seasons ago. Really? Oh, so, maybe yeah. I'm getting confused. Then I I thought is there a different one where they did a play of? Let's see. Uh, so this is a sad. It was called Springfield Splendor. Okay. Was the uh, was the was the episode? And yeah. I will tell you right now that it was in 2017. So three years. Oh ago. wow. Okay. Well, I, I I wouldn't have seen that one then. That was uh, Alison uh, Bechdel was in it. Um, huh. uh, Roz Chast was in that wow. one. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. M- maybe I did see that one then. Well, if you've got Disney Channel, you're welcome to see it. It is worth, I, it is worth a watch. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, I might have seen it just because of those names. I might have been curious enough to watch it at the time. Because it does sound familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, did they do one based on Marge? Did they, do, so? did they do a play around Marge? Uh, not that I can think of off the top of my okay. head. But then, once thinking. again, we are the wrong podcast. This would be a Talking Simpsons question. <laughs> you know what? We can step a on. We can step we on toes. Done. Oh yeah. Okay. We... Yeah. Let's do it. Let's break down some. Uh, let's. You know what? Yeah. They're not up to like season twenty yet of the show. Let's just go through it. <laughs> well, that's great. I've never even seen any of it. But yeah, let's do it. Let's break it down. Okay. So uh, the opening couch gag. Yeah. Uh, the 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 couch is a horse. That's. Eh, I guess that's okay. All right. Wait, that, uh, wait. Does it gallop off with him on it? 
Yeah, yeah, he goes a little, uh, except for Homer, he falls off and goes dope. He goes, oh, dope, and uh, it's like, he can't ride a horse, he's uh, out of shape. Is it kind of like a Walt Disney style horse, like a... No, no, it just starts bucking the... the oh, okay, the okay. Bucking. Oh, it doesn't turn into a horse. It, it You know what, we're going to nitpick every... We're not going to get through the full season. <laughs> All right. All right, smash cut. Two. Wait, wait, wait. wait. What, uh, what was uh, what was Bart's... Um, what was he writing on the chalkboard? Oh, uh, 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 my mind isn't a terrible thing to waste. Okay. I, I don't know. That doesn't seem like... It's, it seems like there's some racial stuff there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sensitive. So, uh, yeah, so it opens up, uh, exterior shot of the power plant. Uh, you hear the crow, uh, as you do, uh, and the music plays. And then it's, uh, it's, uh, Homer is there with Lenny and Carl. All right. They're in the break room and Homer's eating way too many donuts. Oh my gosh. And he shouldn't eat that many donuts. He shouldn't because there's not enough left for other people. Right. And then Lenny, uh, says, uh, you know, Homer seems to be eating more than usual, and uh, Carl's like, uh, "I'm worried he's stress eating." And then you, you cut over and see that there's box a stack of boxes of donuts that he's making. Okay. And uh, and then behind him, and those boxes huge, are empty. Yeah, and then behind him is a huge pile of feces because he's just <laughs> defecating them out at the same just, time. And there's sprinkles wow. on them. Wow. Well, you know, it's good to be regular. And so, uh, just to just to clarify here, now you, you say there's a box of empty donuts behind him. No, no. There's a stack of boxes. Oh, like a, a full donut. Ceiling. He's been he's been devouring boxes of donuts. Okay, okay. And yeah. so there's boxes that are full, and there's boxes that are empty. There's uh no, there's I think he's gone through all of them except for one last box. So this is oh, this is terrible. This is a terrible moment. Then he's gonna he's not gonna be able to eat anymore. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Run, should, you know run Lenny. Should... Run Carl. Right, and um, this is an this is an episode uh, I believe. Um, which has uh, he he becomes best friends with Rupert Murdoch. Um, so <laughs> I, I think you should probably watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. You should probably watch it first, and then we'll talk it through. Sure, sure. We won't do as much research as those guys do. No, though, no, no. Because that's a little too much. No. I know you like doing a lot of research. But, I, um, you know, well, like like is a is a I don't know if that's the apt term, but you know what you could do though is you could should phone up Matt Grenning and ask him if he'll be a guest. What? But he was my old boss. Yeah, exactly. That feels weird. No, no, doesn't you know well. I'll, I'll do that if you phone up your old boss and ask him if he'll be a guest on this show. <laughs> Why would How does he, that feel? Why would does that we, feel weird? Why would we want a boss, my boss, who's totally unrelated to what we're talking about, on the show as a guest? That's, that's because weird. it's just as awkward as me phoning my old boss up. That's why. Yeah, it's not awkward at all. You know what? If you don't want to phone, send an email. You know what? I'll phone your boss up. You phone mine. And we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens. I, I don't have the in that you have. Uh, you know what? I don't know how much in I got either. I don't know how much in I ever had. If we're, if we're being honest about this. Well, I'm sure you were noteworthy to him. Oh, that's nice. No, you would be because you you're the person who kind of cracked the code on on doing like the crossover crisis. Mm-hmm. Like uh, well, I, you know, you know. You know. <laughs> uh, there was a, there was a couple there was a couple episodes that uh, that uh, did stuff that we did in the comics. That was that was the most I guess you know obvious one. Yeah. It was weird today. They had um, uh, the twenty four episode on, and uh, we had done twenty four as well, mm-hmm. uh, like about a year and a half before or something like that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and I think it was a I think it was old when we did it. But anyway, <laughs> um, but the gimmick that I tried to do with us. 
yeah was uh because you know the 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 idea behind 24 is it all takes place within 24 hours and each episode is an hour yeah uh, of a real day which is a you know the first season was pretty rocking um of 24 of 24 yeah yeah yeah. that's a that's an example of a show that only needed one season yeah it's a good gimmick and then you're good yeah, yeah, it uh, and taking place in real time. But the gimmick that we were doing in the comic was yeah. that uh, each page was an hour. Okay. So the net, when you turn the page, an hour had passed, and that was the that was what we were trying to do. To, to so we advanced whatever happened, you know, one hour, and it was a, okay. it was a tricky issue to write. It was fun, but it was tricky. Okay. Um, but their their episode was all right, and it had a little cameo uh, there with Kiefer Sutherland and uh, Mary. I forget her last name. Who? But what's that? Okay. I think it was her name. Yeah. Um, uh, she's a comedian. She's quite, uh, quite funny. Um, but uh, but seeing the cameo was like that's pretty good. But there was a cameo that Kiefer Sutherland did on Corner Gas that was better. Oh really? That was the best. I think Jack Bauer um, ish. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh, cameo that he did. Anyway, and you said that was the animated was corner gas. You said no, that was the real corner uh, gas. Yeah, real. Oh, you, oh, you don't think the animated one is real? Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, maybe I should have said the real life. Corner real gas. life shirt. Okay, yeah. I, I, it seemed like we're being a little condescending. I was being right? a little. I was. I was. I'm sorry. I apologize. I take you see, it, you I take go it down back. that road, and then all of a sudden, Gilligan's planet doesn't yeah. have the same gravitas as Gilligan meets the Harlem Globetrotters, and I think <laughs> well, that's wrong. No. You're right. You're right. I can't. What about? Is that the same one where they play the robots? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And I believe there's a mechanical shark involved as well. Well, Gilligan's Island is, <coughs> excuse me, Gilligan's Planet is pretty famous as being like, you know, one of those sort of recasting of the Tempest in an animated form. Yeah. No, I, I don't think you're wrong. No. Or right. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm neither. Somewhere no, right down we're... the middle. Sorry, yeah, I, just yeah. have to, I just have to cough up for a second. Please. <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> just a bit of dust in my uh, esophagus. Okay. Hey, but, you, by the th- oh, sorry, you, you talk. I was just going to say quickly, with the Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island, was the yes. name of the made-for-TV movie. Yes. Um, but by that point, uh, they had been discovered, and they were running uh, a resort on the island. So they were mm. rescued. The Harlem Globetrotters didn't show up on the island. Yeah, uh, like yeah. stranded. Let's not let's not give the Harlem Globetrotters more credit than they deserve. I agree with you. Uh, absolutely. Okay, but please continue. And Martin Lando was uh, was was in that episode, uh, not uh, not winning an Oscar. One because it was TV, and also because <laughs> why would you? Okay, <laughs> for Killigan's Island, oh, the yeah. Harlem Globetrotters. Um, you know, so that was seventy eight. You said uh, seventy nine. Seventy nine. So coming fresh off Space nineteen ninety nine. 78 was Rescue from Gilligan's Island. I see. Was he in that one? Uh, no, he was not. Oh, I'm sorry. Harlem Globetrotters was 81. Rescue from Gilligan's Island, 78. Okay. Uh, uh, Castaways on Gilligan's Island, 79. 81, Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. And that was the last live action Yeah. Gilligan's Island. That's all you need. So I do not remember. Okay, I do remember the Rescue one. I would have been very interested in that as a kid. But I do not remember the castaway one. Is that is that how they return there and get get get? Uh... Yes, the uh, rescue from Gilligan's Island. They get rescued. Yeah, uh, come back to the mainland. Uh, Marianne's going to get married. They all go back to the lives they have, but they don't like them. Oh. Uh, they're kind of uh, sad by them, but they do. You know, 
know, deal with their business and they yeah. all things. She says, I'm not going to marry you and all this other stuff. And then they, uh, they end up crashing on another island at oh, the end. A different island. Different island. Okay. Uh, until they're stranded, uh, they're stranded again. Huh. Yeah. I do, uh, I do remember that episode. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so, and Gilligan goes, we're home, and the skipper chases him into the lagoon. There you go. We're all having a good time. Um, uh, but then they, yeah, do get rescue, rescued, because I guess people went, hey, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> and, and they uh, turned uh, the island into a resort. Ah. And it was going to be kind of a fantasy island, but without, you know, uh, them fighting the devil yeah. every few episodes. And it was like a love boat type situation. Gilligan's Island, yeah. love it or list it. Exactly. Exactly. So you had Tom Bosley on that and your Marshall Wallace's, okay. you know, your standards. Your standard TV actors. Yeah. Then the Harlem Globetrotters showed up and wrecked the place and that was the end of it. The end. How did they wreck it? Uh, you know, they, they, they brought uh, smallpox. <laughs> they handed out smallpox covered blankets to everybody? Yeah. Well, they had, the, they had it in a bucket. Okay. And so it, was like, it looked like they were going to throw water on you. Yeah, but yeah. It turned out it was smallpox. Smallpox. Like through... That's the f- fine powder. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's better than the years when they used anthrax, I guess. Yeah. You know, but Curly Joe thought it was it was funny. I think it was Curly Joe. I think that was his name. Uh, Curly Joe, Meadowlark yeah. Lemon, and Curly Joe. You're right. That's Those only, are the only ones. The only ones you can remember now. It, I, yeah. Uh, bless him. Did you but know the Was? Did you know the Washington Generals won one game? How was that? Was that because of the smallpox? <laughs> no. Like in 1971, they won a game. How? They just won it fair and square. Well, no, it's never fair and square. Everyone's no, no, it's it. not fair and square, but they just like beat the odds. Like they were able to like overcome, you know, people did like they, hiding they balls. In... To, like, did they get a good scolding afterwards and go, <laughs> I don't know. Do I don't know. I don't know what they got. Okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. Figures vary as to how often the, uh, the, the generals have beaten their rivals. Okay. Some reports say six. Oh. While the team's official website reports having three victories over the Globetrotters. Oh, I didn't even know that. I thought I heard one, one in 54, one in 58, one in 71. The 71 win is the most storied of these. Ah. And it's sometimes reported as the team's sole victory. There you go. I, because, I'm, the, I'm the fall. They're, they should say David Dedrick after that. And here's what happened. Yeah. The Globetrotters were entertaining the crowd lost track of the game and the score, <laughs> found themselves down 12 points with two minutes to go. Oh, man. And they were forced to play normal basketball. <laughs> and they rallied, but they could not recover, and they lost. <laughs> and uh, according to uh, the whoever was like running the Washington Generals, yeah. they looked at the crowd, yeah. and the crowd looked at us like we killed Santa Claus. <laughs> Children were crying in the stands. <laughs> Oh, that's great! Yeah, and the uh, yeah, oh, oh yeah, awful. That is so fantastic. much. But they weren't playing as the Washington Generals then. They were playing as the New Jersey Reds. Okay, okay. And they celebrated. They did not douse themselves with champagne. Yeah, because of course they didn't have any. Yeah, no. Because why would they? Yeah, exactly. No, they weren't going to win. <laughs> they doused themselves with bottles of sand. That was all that was left of the champagne they'd been carrying for the last twenty years. They doused themselves with orange soda. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah oh boy that's great that is fantastic i love it and uh metal arc lemon screamed at his team you lost i didn't lose <laughs> oh what a teammate yeah ouch metal yeah. metal arc you're ruining your reputation yeah there you go 
Ah, that's uh, that's cool. Yeah, boy, the the the, the Harlem Globetrotters did get a lot of work. Like they did get a lot of like play on cartoons, and they were superheroes. They're visiting mm. Gilligan's Island. They got they got a lot of stuff going on. Good for them. Yeah, they're kind of. I mean, it's kind of weird now. I mean, the reason there was a Harlem Globetrotters is because black players couldn't play in the NBA at one time, and so they were part of an alternate, you know, kind of alternate league. Uh, they were like they were a superstar team because they could have the the cream of the you know the black talent that was out there mm. and you know they, they could you know like you know people wanted to play they would they could play for the Harlem Globetrotters yeah it might be like for entertainment but you were playing basketball you were having some fun you know you show off your skills but you know at some point like it's kind of weird like it's kind of weird now like it's obviously not the cream of the cream because the cream of the cream plays in the, the NBA you know they were making real yeah, they making also- real money yeah, they had a live-action Saturday morning show, aside from the cartoon, mm-hmm. called from 74 to 75, called the Harlem Globetrotters Popcorn Machine. And sure. that was all the ones that you know, you know, Curly and Geese and Meadowlark, uh, but also, and Avery Schreiber as Mr. Evil, <laughs> and uh, Rodney Allen Rippey. Yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, Rodney Allen Rippey, who I know best from just a weird reference in um, The Peanuts once. <laughs> really? Wasn't yeah. he like? Did he do commercials? He did do commercials. That was kind of what he was most uh, yeah, yeah most famous for. And, and his he, and his know. name because his name yeah, is, his, his name is great. Yeah. Well, his big commercial was it was for uh, a, a Jack in the Box for Jumbo Jack sized hamburger, and the tagline was "It's too big to eat," and he said "It's too big to eat." And uh, people people loved it. <laughs> they just went uh, they just went nuts for it. I hope he banked that cash. Um, probably, well, he, probably he, not though. He ran for mayor of Compton in uh, 2013. Yeah, that's great. So you know, that's uh, you know, thing and he, there did stuff and there you go. I'm trying to look up right now. Is there uh, is is there a real mayor of Compton? Wouldn't Compton just be part of L.A. and have it the mayor of Los Angeles as their mayor? Oh, that would be uh, that'd be so sad. Oh yeah, here's here, 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 if he was running for mayor, and uh, you know it didn't exist. Yeah. The job. Oh, I see. Yeah, that would be very sad. But I'm just, I'm wondering because like no one runs for like mayor of Hollywood or whatever. That's true. Uh, the uh, peanuts uh, strip that I was remembering because I actually remember reading this. Yeah. Uh, was um, Snoopy awakens from a dream in which he'd been invited out to dinner by Rodney Allen Rippey. <laughs> That's such a that's such a weird but great reference. And also, he's in Blazing Saddles. He is. He is doing what? There you go. Uh, think about it. It was 1974. Yeah. What role could he have had in Blazing Saddles? Well, he would have been a little kid. Mm-hmm. So he plays a little kid. He plays um he plays Cleavon Little when he was little. He, uh, you mean uh, yeah, Sheriff Sheriff Bart? Yeah. Yeah, he's him when he's little. That's right. Okay. When the uh, Sioux chief is attacking. Uh, and lets them lets them go. Uh, he uh, yeah, he's he's the young version of uh, Bart, and says thank you. That's his only one. Huh. There you go. So there you are. Now you you brought up Lovecraft Country. Yes, sir. Which I thought was was serendipitous because actually I just wanted to talk a little bit about that show. Mm-hmm. Um. Two episodes uh, are have been completed now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. One thing I, I like about HBO is that the fact that they release shows one one episode a week. I love that. Okay. 
I like I like waiting for the shows to come out. You know, nothing's stopping you from doing that with any other show too. No, I know. You could I know. Wait a week. But other people other people can't. So but if you're watching a show with friends at work, uh, when Monday that. comes, everyone's like, Oh, did you get to see Yep, yeps. Love you know, did you, get, did you watch Lovecraft Country last night? And then everyone's like, Yeah, and then you're like, Oh, and what happened when such and such happened, wasn't that great? And da da da. And like we did that with The Outsider and we did that with um some people did it with game of thrones i never watched game of thrones but, i like yeah. doing that with twin peaks when it was on yeah yeah that's fun and you get to like think about it and watch watch that game theory channel on youtube and game, game spot universe yeah game spot whatever and then they would do like a breakdown of it and you'd be like mm, yeah and then you find other people who do breakdowns and you're like mm, yeah <laughs> that's fun but anyway lovecraft country pretty good show like pretty good show i really loved the first episode the second one i thought moved it had a weird pace to it Mm. Um, a little too rushed uh, feeling. It was, yeah, it was, you know. Yeah, one, felt... one thing I do like is that they, and again, I'm not going to spoily spoil. Don't but spoily like, spoil. Uh, I do like that they're all smart in that they're smart in a way where they immediately go, you know, and, and this isn't what happens in it, but like where they go, like, well, it's werewolves, right? Yeah, of course it's werewolves. All right, well, let's fight the werewolves then. You know, <laughs> they'll give it with something like they wouldn't be the dumb guys going, I don't believe in no werewolves. Yeah, like, they just like yeah. immediately, it's werewolves, right? Werewolves. Werewolves. Yeah, I've read up on werewolves. What's the deal with werewolves? We gotta come up with this. <laughs> Sounds good. Do we have that? Yeah, we got that. Okay, all right, let's do it. Fight the werewolves, and then they fight the werewolves. Yeah. The other problem with the the second episode is they kind of introduce some element of magic to it, and and uh, as you know, when you introduce magic, you make it more complicated because then what can't be done? How can people escape? Because everything's magical. Mm-hmm. But but um, what was interesting? More interesting than that was watching a TV show. It was all black characters, like everyone's black, ex- especially for the first episode. Everyone's black ex- except for the bad people; <laughs> they're all white. And I was watching it, and I was thinking to myself, "Oh, this is what it feels like to be black and watch TV, huh? Interesting. I've never experienced this before. Like, I've never. It never really occurred to me. I guess other shows that had like black cast in it, like say Good Times and stuff, which I watched when I was a kid. What's happening and things like that. They must have had also had white actors on it. I don't really remember now. The Jeffersons did, though, right? They had, like, a neighbor. Neighbor, yeah. It's just weird. And they to... would make, make fun of him for being white, yeah. Mm-hmm. And being in a mixed a mixed relationship. He was in a mixed relationship, so he was kind of... He was, he and, was, and he was on the okay side. And they British neighbor who wanted to uh, have George walk on his back, who was also the painter in, in on Sesame Street, who would paint numbers on things. Okay, okay, oh, okay. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, with Love, Lovecraft, it was just really kind of an interesting feeling, like, oh, this show is... Not for me necessarily. It's interesting. It's well, it makes. I mean, if you were living back then, yeah, you were the real monsters. Yeah, and that's there's, right. Yeah, there's yeah. one scene where they're in the woods and they're just looking up, and and one of them is making up stuff about a type of monster that lives in the woods. Yeah, and while that's happening, a police car is driving up behind them like a shark. Yeah, that's yeah. just getting closer and closer, and you're like, oh shit, they don't see that. <laughs> and it's like that's who the monster is. Yeah, this is yeah. the monster. Yeah, and the monster is real, and that's scarier than any made-up, crazy thing. And I think that is the problem with the second episode. Yeah, it's like they set so much stuff up in the first episode of like you know the area you're in, yeah, and they ground it all, mm-hmm. and you really get a sense of like who they are. Yeah, well, you get a sense of the peril of being who they are too. Like, but when, also the joy. Like that's the thing. Yeah, like, that, well, it's that's not all yeah. being a bummer. Like the, no, no, you're right. You're right. You know, and, and, and so that, that makes them all seem fully rounded and mm-hmm. then people have hobbies and you know, <laughs> little side things and there's little weird, you know, it's like, oh, I, oh I'm a little mad at you about this, but I love you. But OK, all right. That's great. <laughs> We're setting it all up. 
And yeah, now yeah. we're taking you out. You know, now we're going into the woods. Yeah. And what's in the woods? Us. <laughs> we're the worst thing that's in the woods. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kill you if you don't you know abide by these rules. But hey, those rules actually we made up the rules. So man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, so you got that, and it's like, okay, this is really clear what this is. This all really works, and then they escalate to a horror scenario that's just, you know, you, you're very familiar with, but, yeah. it, but it works. Unfortunately, in the second episode, it's all, you know, there's no comparison to reality. Everything is, as you say, magic and crazy. Everything within these doors is crazy, and yeah. anything can happen, and as you say, there's no boundaries. So it's like, Okay, what's this representation look? What's <laughs> what are we what are we yeah. doing here? It's okay. Yeah. But you know. Yeah, whereas in the first episode you you had things like, you know, them just going to eat at a diner, which they've been told is a, a friendly diner, like so that it's 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 open open for blacks to eat in. Yeah. And then it turns out it isn't and they have to go on they have to go on the run to get Oh, a... it sure isn't. Yeah. <laughs> and... Not in a way of just like you know, you don't belong around here. Yeah, yeah, no. Like it's, yeah. immediately, ah, go, 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 go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and you're watching, you're kind of like, well, I'm not sure how true to reality this is, but it's certainly effective as a way of, of you know, creating like peril and a sense of, you know, and then when they come to the place where it's not, it's not just a sunset. I never, actually, I never really, I never heard of sunset towns before. I didn't know that was a thing. That it was a thing. I thought that, that was interesting. Was a thing, yeah. But not just, this isn't just a sunset town. This is a sunset county, and you're like, oh no! And then they they're just racing the racing the sun, and that was really well done. Yeah, which is such a great horror movie mm-hmm, idea mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like you got to get out before sundown. Yeah, it's a monster yeah. thing, but we're the fucking monsters. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah, it's a reversal of the idea that you're you're safe in the sun. But you're well. I guess it's not really reversal. You're it's bad at night. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's it, right? But yeah, the second episode kind of throws all that to the to the wind, and uh, and two of the characters aren't so smart. One is one remains smart, but the other two kind of get drawn in and into the kind of trap they're in. And yeah, one thing it does that I don't I don't like anything doing is is using contemporary music in a in a in an old. I guess I shouldn't say that I don't. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, to be honest with you. It's my problem with like. Moulin Rouge and 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 other movies like that, where they just they they play modern songs in a in a in, the, in a historical setting. I guess I feel when they do that, they ground it like they connect it to now and go like it's not that different now, mm. you know. And it, and it and it isn't, you know. People are being shot in the back for nothing, you know. Basically, you know, there are there's this horrible things still go on, and and you know when you play the modern music, you go like, oh yeah. Well, because otherwise it just feels like that was so long ago. That's yeah. that's how that was. Of course, they say modern music and they're playing the Jefferson's theme in the, in the next episode. Yeah. Not that modern, but yeah. But yeah. it was very effective when they played it. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is good. This is fun. And then you go, wait a minute. <laughs> Why are they having fun? Well, this is Donkey Island. Oh, no, this is not good. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. Yeah. I felt like uh, they, like just on a, t- on a practical level, it felt like, Oh, you spent a lot of your money in the first uh, episode on environment and duplicating actual locations and famous paintings and, yeah. and whatnot. And in this one, we're gonna have to we're gonna do a bottle episode. We're gonna have some special effects, but we're bottling it. Yeah. A lot of stuff's gonna happen in rooms that will probably be the same room shot from a different angle and redressed. You know, that's <laughs> probably what it's gonna be. Yeah, you're gonna be fighting a person. 
you two are going to be making out and it's going to be like a sexy scene, but we're not going to have, you know, uh, CGI monsters or you're not going to have Cthulhu in this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, though they do, do, they do do some effects that are very effective. It felt like, uh, you know, when I was, and again, I'm not going to say what happens, but it just feels like someone didn't see Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> don't, don't mess around, man. Don't mess around with the Old Testament shit. You're I, not going to, it's not going to go well. Yeah. Don't do it. Well, to be, be fair to them that, Raise the Lost Ark wasn't wasn't out yet, so that's what I mean. Didn't Someone exist. Didn't exist, so they yeah, couldn't, they couldn't. I'm not going to blame them for that, but I thought that was a very effectively done. I just found the very the the sort of conclusion of it sort of confusing. Like, I, I we could talk about it later. This aspect, yeah. uh, it just didn't. I don't know if it resonates, and I just missed it because I I, I just I just didn't get the the historical reference or what. I just I don't know. And but anyway, you haven't uh, you haven't read the book, right? Oh, is it based on a comic book or something? It's a book. Oh, it's an actual book. Oh, okay. No, I have not. No, I have not. Okay. This is the thing. When you watch the uh, GameSpot uh, kind of go-overs at the end, it's clear that the there's a man and a woman who are doing them. The, the fella has clearly read the book. Okay. So he's being dodgier about things. And she's just like, <laughs> I wonder if this person, you know, that was a hat. I wonder if that hat means something. <laughs> oh, could, be, could be a hat might mean something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, he does mention sometimes that they go on a very different uh, direction than the uh, than the, uh, the the than the book does. Mm, okay, but yeah, huh. I um I also I finally watched um, Doctor Sleep the other night as well. Oh, okay. Just because you made me curious about it because of your and and I found it, I just I just found it I, f- I find it hilarious to be honest with you. By the end, you're just like, look, look, the old lady in the top who you know, she's just funny. That she's just around so much. <laughs> everywhere. Like I'm just saturated by that to this point. Like I'm more saturated than she is. I know. Before. When I was in grade eight, it was so terrifying, and now, now it's nothing. I didn't find it scary at all. In fact, it, it, it's not scary apparently because Lisa watched it. She told me. I said, "Oh, I watched Doctor Sleep last night." And she's like, "Oh yeah, I watched that with the girls." And I was like, "You watched a horror movie? Okay, well, it's not a horror movie. It really isn't a horror movie. It's more like um, an action movie with 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 uh, kind of." Uh, t- you know, sort of psychic abilities as a side 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 thing. Yeah, but you know, it had Rebecca Ferguson in it, who I I crush on majorly. So that that was great. And then and we should mention it's a se- it's a sequel to The Shining. It's a sequel to The Shining, and this is what this is what this makes me laugh so hard. Like I was watching, and I was just shaking my head because you know it, this is my, this is my mythical understanding of The Shining versus The Shining is that Stephen King hated Stanley Kubrick's vision of The Shining. Yes, did not like it at all. No. denounced it. Made, they made another version he, of The Shining. Yeah, he like he like took special pains to make like his version of The Shining, you know, have that made into an actual TV miniseries, and it's you know it's just awful because it's just it's too close to the book. Whereas you know Kubrick recognized where the book's strengths lay, and he you know he played to those, and he kind of like threw out the stuff that that he thought was was silly or whatever. Whereas the the miniseries, because it was done as like the super you know, true to true to the story, uh, um, adaptation. It's you know, it has a lot of parts in it where it's this that kind of Stephen King over the top kind of stuff where you're just like, yeah, maybe it worked reading it. I don't know, but but yeah. So I just thought it was funny. Though. So that's that's the story, right? So then, so then he writes a book called Doctor Sleep. Now I'm going to assume that Doctor Sleep, as a as a as a re- you know as a a ser- uh, as a sequel to the The Shining isn't full of references to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. 
probably not. Because he yeah. hates that, or he doesn't like it. So, you know, so he's... But then they make the movie, and then it's full of references to the movie that he hates. And I just thought that was hilarious. Like, they must have told him when they when they bought the, the rights. They're like, you know we're going to use... So he's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. You're going to use something Kubrick's... Yeah, there's no other way of ...iconography, because that is... That is the iconography for, for The Shining now. Like my book, as far as like people's memory of what it is, it's, it doesn't exist. So, you know, like, so Dick O'Halloran is dead and, you know, and, and, and then we have, you know, we have all the, the, um, you know, just all the stuff of the film, the, the, the Overlook Hotel is right out of the movie that has the, yep. the, it has the maze, which was not in the book at all. And, and the, and the, and the bloated lady is exactly the same. Like it's all exactly the same. Sure. It's all, it's playing on those, on those things. And, but I thought it, I thought it built on it in an interesting way. And I thought, I thought that was, and I like how they kind of explain it in, in lieu of the people, you know, like the Rebecca Ferguson and her, and her gang of people. I like how they kind of, uh, kind of, you know, kind of give the 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 Overlook Hotel a kind of um, a sense that it, it's a place that is all uh, like them, and I like that about it, and and I like the showdown between, like, I enjoy I enjoy when a good character is very powerful, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, and can kind of like show the villains what what for, especially after you've seen them kill a couple of kids. Yeah. You know? Now, what did you think of the uh, kid killing? Well, I didn't hate it. I, I here's here's it's a, it was weird to me like how long they linger on the torturous killing of a child. Like I, oh, the like, second one. Yeah. Especially when yeah, it's the one, Jacob, yeah, yeah. Jacob, what's his face from, from, from room. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, like Oh, poor okay. We, we, we get it. We get, like, I know that you got to make the villain, the villain. I get and it. I think that's like, more what it was. So you, you know, you could do anything to them after that. But once you've already, you've seen, like the cute little girl off the top has clearly. But you don't, they don't show her, right? So you don't really know what oh, what happened. But when you're told like it's torturous and it's awful. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Even, but by the way, even if it's not, even yeah. if it's just like, yeah, we're killing kids real quick. Well, that's enough. That's why <laughs> you just kill two kids. Done, done. Whatever you want to do to these guys. Yeah. That's fine by me. It, it just felt weird to like we're really lingering on the kid torture here. Yeah. Like it's just, hmm, I don't know if I need. All right, we're still <laughs> still doing it, huh? Yeah, it okay. didn't, didn't didn't kill me. No, didn't kill me. It just it kind I mean, of takes me out of it. Where it's just like okay. I don't know how I'm supposed to be feeling. I'm like, always like I'm always I could you know to be honest I'm kind of almost always out of a movie anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like I never like I'm hardly ever like so so totally sucked into a movie where I'm not thinking to myself, oh that's an interesting shot, or oh, I wonder why they did that, or huh, you know what I mean? So I you know it's just, yeah I just wonder like what they wanted the audience to be feeling. I think, you know. I think anger, you know, and, in a, and I think the movie kind of gives you a sense of, of, and I, maybe they could have played this up a bit more, but the idea, the romantic idea of vampires, you know, and they're not truly vampires, but they have like vampire, they vampires, char- basically, yes. yeah, they have vampire like characteristics and, and yeah, so we have this sort of, you know, in our modern times now we have this kind of romantic idea of, of vampires and that sort of, that sort of, you know, sense of sort of that goth, gothy kind of thing about them, you know, where they're like, you know, they skulk around, but they're like misunderstood. And, you know, like they're like, they're like teenagers, man. Like that. And then, you know, Twilight. No, and then this, this is kind of like, oh no, they're terrible. <laughs> it's really awful. Yeah. Don't, don't get, don't be fooled by all that stuff. They're just, they're just, you know, they just want to live off of you and, and you mean nothing to them. You know, there's nothing cool about them. They're just predators and they're sharks, you know, and, and sometimes you need to have the, Sometimes you need to show the woman in the water getting badly hurt by a shark in order for us to understand. Ooh, this is this is serious stuff. Okay. Yeah, my thing is always with that is 
you know, there's usually a long, torturous scene where the innocent mm-hmm. is uh, is is hurt and is in agony for yeah. a long period of time. Yeah. And then in a situation like with with the Jaws, of course, the shark isn't really to blame. It's a shark. What is it? It's a shark. <laughs> yeah. But like this is one where everyone around is really getting into it. Like they're really getting off on this child being tortured. Yeah. And it's like, hmm, okay. So like you're going to have to now really pay this off for me later. I'm going to have to really see these people suffer or feel bad about it's like there's got to be something. Yeah. And yet they all what almost always happens in these kind of things is the innocent gets tortured and then the guilty gets it like snap, done. Just real quick. Real <laughs> quick death. Just like boom, no, it's it's over, and it's like, well, that's not satisfying. <laughs> Dramatically, it doesn't work for me. The uh, like, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the, the punishment in no way fits the crime, and I don't know what punishment that you're going to lay out for these, you know, monsters for torturing a child for so long. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Um, and, it's a weird part of Stephen King, though, is he hardly ever there's hardly ever justice in in the stories that he writes. You know. Yeah. There's no, there's no time where you're like, oh, that's the satisfying conclusion. It was, like, it was the same with the outsider. You know, the outsider, you feel like, like a lot of innocents get get killed, and kids, right. and kids, and you're like, and when it's over, you're like, hmm, didn't really. Yeah, I didn't see the outsider, but like if you just go with the original Shining movie, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of you know dark stuff happens, but you know the innocents get out. Like, uh, yeah, Dick doesn't, but Dick's goal was to protect Danny. Yeah. So Dick, you know, Dick goes to try and protect Danny, you know, and he does get, he does get killed, but he does teach Danny, you know, listen, you've got this power, you've got this ability. This is what thing like, okay, Danny now understands a bit. Yeah. So he did help Danny to get to a place where sure. he, didn't, he was able to. He didn't actually it. have to be there to do that because he'd already done it before he left, but. That's true. It was a, it was a shocking thing. It was just a shocking, yeah. It's just a, Dick's goal wasn't, I'm protecting my own ass. Dick's yeah. goal was. I'm going to go and protect Danny. Danny has to survive. Yeah. And Danny does survive. So what happens to Dick is okay. And and both, and both Danny and his mom, they make it out. The, you know, the, uh, the father doesn't, but then, you know, he was corrupted by everything. That's okay. And yeah, it's a, it's a satisfying story that, that totally works. Yeah. This one is just like, oh, you know, the kids. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Okay. This is the way the world works. The world works with these vampire things float around and like, torture and kill kids and it's like okay all right I, I i don't get the entertainment value of that to me that's not satisfying on a dramatic level it's not thrilling it's not something i'm that's pleasant to watch but then it's also <laughs> not it's not artistic enough that i'm yeah. like you know but it was gorgeous right huh? that was pretty beautiful it was like i don't know some steam's coming out of someone's mouth and it's like all right it's fine <laughs> So so. Yeah, no, I, like to, I would. It's know. a. It's you know. It's a strictly C movie for sure. You know, like it's. Yeah. It's not. I mean, it's I, not terrible. It's not terribly made or anything. But it's you know. It's it's based on a Stephen King, uh, material. Which you know, like when I when I know that I go in with like one eyebrow cocked. You know, I just I know it's not going to be great. So. Oh, and speaking of cocked eyebrows. Yeah. So so you got um you know uh Henry Thomas playing Jack Nicholson in this. Oh, who that who that was? Yeah. Okay. From uh from E. T. and. Uh, <laughs> I was going to go and also from star girl, but yeah, you wouldn't know that. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, he's doing a Jack Nicholson impression basically. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, does this work? Does this work? I mean, it's a, it's an interesting scene, but maybe it's time for a deep fake face or something. Maybe there's something here. Oh, I, I don't know. I didn't mind that. I don't know. I don't, I don't get hung up on stuff like that. So it doesn't really, 
I don't know. It doesn't doesn't didn't bother me. I, I thought it was well, fine. When there's okay, so if you paint the Mona Lisa and you paint the Mona Lisa completely like the original Mona Lisa, okay, except you know uh, the nose is huge. <laughs> Sounds good, right? And yeah. you're like, yeah, big deal. The nose is huge in this way. It's like no, it, it's it's jarring to me. It's like well, okay. then you know, then have the overlook, but it's not the exact overlook. This is it, but they they're actually like using scenes from the original movie, but replacing the actors yeah. with you know these new actors. Yeah, and so it is like, oh, that's a good impression. Yeah, like you just see it and you're like, oh, it's a tribute, it's an impression, but it takes you out of the movie. You don't go, this is still the movie. It's like, no, no, that's an impression. That's a stunt. That's an impressive stunt. It works. Okay, it's fine. It's not a million miles away from in um, Ready Player One. Where you know it's it's a it's a game and they're opening the the, the blood uh, the elevator and uh, it's going through and uh, they're all like flying around and it's like okay yeah, you duplicated it it looks right yeah it's good stuff yeah but I don't feel anything really um, no. whereas that feels like that that scene is like the heart of this movie it's it's Dan not being corrupted by the same thing that his father was which is alcohol and resentment. And, <laughs> and the father's just like, come on, drink it. You think you're better? It's basically you think you're better than your old man. Yeah, yeah. It's that, it's that scene. And which is what the in the original Shining, you know, kind of was with the, the other guy who killed his daughters. And he's like, you know, have a drink. You know, they deserve it. Yeah, yeah. of course you should. Yeah, you really should do this. And it's, it's, it, I feel like that should have been more impactful yeah. to me. I thought, I thought it was an okay scene. I, you know, the movie's fine. It's, it's a okay movie, like... It's a very long movie, by the way. Because mm-hmm. I watched it after I watched Lovecraft Country, and I looked at the clock and went, "Oh, dummy." I think a, I think a problem also was this came out after Ready Player One, so I recently went to the Overlook. Okay, and, I and never, I never, I haven't seen that movie, so yeah. And I recently, you know, saw those doors of the elevator open again and blood come out again, and go, "Okay, we're here again. <laughs> here we go. Here it goes. It's yeah, it's fine." And then yeah, but again, by the time they had the final scene with the old lady in the bathroom so like okay okay <laughs> i get it yeah he's locking them up in his mind jail but yeah. all right well my thought was why is she being haunted by the old lady in the bathtub <laughs> oh, i know what's going on yeah, silly what was the old lady in the bathtub's deal anyway yeah and and then i also you know i i it wasn't too long ago it feels like i was it should, watching the see, it should have been rose the hat in the in the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who it should have Except been. Except has she been torn apart? Like I'm not sure if she's still a ghost or if she just got absorbed by all the other ghosts or what the deal is. I don't know how ghosts oh. work in this she's, world. Doesn't matter. Like who cares? Just, she's more. She's more emotionally impactful. Use 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 the character who's been the 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 antagonist of the movie. That's yeah. That's who you've established this relationship with with your with your with your character. Except the audience hasn't. That's the thing. We don't super care about. Her, no, I'm just talking still... about. I'm just talking about. But for for the for Abra in the film for the for the young yeah. girl, that's that's the her antagonist in the, in the. No, that's a fair point. I, the other problem is like I watched Dark Tower not too long ago, and and there's another movie that makes reference to The Shining, mm. and you know this person has The Shining. It's like okay, so you've now established to me that this whole Shining thing is part of a greater universe that's like connected to it. And all these other things. And now you're taking me back to a sequel to The Shining. And I'm like, okay, but you've opened this world. I, like, I've just been I've just been shined too much. Mm. I'm, so, I'm, too, I'm too shiny at this point. <laughs> well, in in uh, the Dark Tower books, Stephen King's 
books are a universe of themselves. So there's a universe where his books are real, like they're real events. Okay. So they exist, and then there's also a world where Stephen King is is a character in the, in the Dark Tower books himself. Because when he wrote it, he wrote it as Richard Bachman. So he put the person of Stephen King into the stories. Who's writing the doc, who's writing the the books that are ba- this universe is based on? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's kind of goes to this weird meta level, which I kind of like as an as a as a concept. I, I wish the I've never I haven't seen the film. But I just I think they, I wish it doesn't sound like they were clever enough to. To, to kind of do what Stephen King was trying to get at, which is this idea of a making a fantasy novel world of his own, which he always wanted to do like a Tolkien-esque kind of idea, but with his own twist. And then also to make it do it at, at the sort of meta level where, you know, it also goes into talking about like the nature of creation and the creator and stuff like that. And then have him as a character in it. Okay. Which I think is pretty interesting, but uh, I don't think the movie wanted to go down that road or was clever enough to go down that road. What do you think is the better ending for The Shining? The um, Kubrick version where dad, dad's chasing him through the, uh, the, the labyrinth and, yeah. um, and, uh, and freezes to death. Or the book, also the miniseries, yeah. where uh, dad uh, snaps out of it a bit. Yeah. And sacrifices himself by getting the boiler to explode and destroy the hotel, which is, spoiler, Basically, what you do with this? So we're we're, we're kind of doing. Yeah, what they I, didn't, do. I didn't. I didn't like the ending of this. I didn't like that Danny has to do the boiler thing because, yeah, I didn't like that at all. Well, would you have preferred that? What do you think is the stronger ending? Uh, dad, dad snapping out of it in the in the Shining, or Dad fully being consumed by uh, the alcohol and uh, rage? Um, I. I don't know. I I think I I think they're both fine, and I I would have to say like either or. Okay. Because I like, you know, when I read the book in grade eight, I I liked it a lot, and that's why I wanted to see the movie. And when my dad, my dad said, "Oh, well, let's go see it," I almost fell over backwards because my dad, would, my dad never said that, you know. So, like, he never showed. He wasn't really like a movie guy, right? Like when I grew up, he didn't like talk about movies. He didn't say, "Oh, this is a great movie. You should see it." You know, he wasn't that kind of person. So it was just weird that he's like, "Oh yeah, if you want to go see a movie, I'll go. I'll go with you." Yeah, and, I just wonder, like philosophically, like if you like uh, what, what what you prefer the the redemption uh, arc. Yeah, or the uh, corruption uh, arc. I I would and, uh, I prefer the redemption arc myself, but right. In the miniseries, it ends with a scene that isn't uh, either uh, like book or whatever. It's they just made up one, and that's Danny in high school, and uh, his ghost dad is looking on proudly. Ugh, yeah, that's no good. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yeah, that's no terrible. good. No, dad doesn't get to look on from ghost heaven and go. You did it, Danny. You graduated. Yeah. Anyway, back to hell for me. Uh, yeah, no, no, no good. And then it turns around and the uh, lady in the bathtub is there. What? The, I the, just wanted to see him graduate. I like the kid. The only problem with the, the only problem with the, well, I guess, I guess he has to be in the boiler room to prevent, prevent Joe, the bartender or whatever his name is, the old caretaker from turning off the, the boiler and keep preventing the hotel from getting burned. Okay. Down. So I guess that's why he stays there. Is that what happens? It doesn't make so. sense. It's the same thing in the in in the in in Doctor Sleep. Sorry, everyone. Spoilers. We're kind of spoiling this movie. But I feel like I feel like there's no reason for him. Like there's no established reason for him to sit in front of a boiler and and watch it. Like he doesn't doesn't explain. Like he doesn't say if I don't do this, the hotel will turn it off. He doesn't say that. I don't think. Yeah. And so I I just and I was watching. I was just like, aren't you going to leave? Like what's going on? 
Like, are you just so sad that you're just going to burn to death? Like, that's just silly. I guess that, again, this is just my personal choice, and you know, you can write about whatever you want. Yeah. But but I'm never a big fan of redemption through death. You know, that's that that's me is a bit boring. I'd rather see redemption through you well, know uh, actions that have to take it. You know, do do more. But it's like okay, I'm just going to sacrifice myself and blow up. Like yeah, okay. I'm going to say never say never. But because I do think that it could You really like that movie, is that what you're saying? <laughs> um I yeah. do think that I do think that it can be effectively done. Sure, I, it can be. It can be. But, but I think uh, obviously it's been if it's done too much. Like if you feel like you're just hitting into a cliche, then then it's not going to be emotionally impactful. It's just it's just doing you're just doing it because you're you're writing by numbers. And that's yeah. kind of how it feels at the end of Doctor Sleep, right? Where they're just writing by numbers. They're like, okay, Danny has to, Danny has to sacrifice himself. And so we're going to have him sacrifice himself the way it was done, done in the book. And, you know, he has to, like, watch these boilers carefully because ghosts have real hands and they can turn off things that are going to blow up. And and so then he's going to sit in there and he's going to be, like, calm as he's dying. And then his mom's going to, ghost mom will appear and give him a hug. And then you're yeah. like, then you're like, is ghost mom? Like, she doesn't have the shining. So how can she be there? So is she trapped in the hotel too then? Like, what is going on? Yeah, did Ghost Mom show up from heaven? And if not, then can Ghost Mom deal with this? <laughs> hey, Mom, you stay here. You yeah. keep that would have been even better, right? Or how about yeah. if how she about goes, if the get out? I'll take care of this. And then she's got some sort of agency. Yeah, and she actually protects him. Yeah, which is what her goal. Like that's her goal. That's yeah. on brand yeah. for Wendy. Yeah, yeah. And like she just, uh, yeah. you know, someone comes at her and she's not scared. Yeah. She's not yeah. screaming anymore. Yeah. And she yeah. just takes them on and you're like, hey, Wendy got her shit together. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah that's, a, that's better. I like, I like, I like where we're going with this. We're making a better Dr. Sleep. Time for Dr. Sleep here. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's a weird thing. And poor J- Jacob Trombley. Who's, oh, who's this? Who am I missing? What, what happens with Jacob Trombley? Who he's, are we talking he's about? the boy who gets killed. Oh, is he like earlier on? He's the baseball player. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. The boy from the boy from Room. Oh, okay, so so and, so and that kid. What happens? Yeah, what happens when you're eaten by the vampires? Like, is are they eating your soul? Are they eating your essence? Do you? I think they're you, no. I think they're eating your gift. Okay, so you still get to be a ghost and go on to whatever the next thing is. Yeah. All right, they're not eating you as a soul. No, no. Because it's like that's bullshit then that's too much <laughs> i agree with you no no yeah. it's just they're eating they're eating the, they can because they can only they're only interested in people who shine right right because they want they want that gift that's what they want and they want that power that's what they're really feeding on they're not they're not yeah. feeding on on the soul but they are feeding on the pain as well they enjoy well, that, the i think pain. that yeah i think that is because it increases the strength of the gift right because the gift is acting in a protective way yeah but it you know if they get them young enough, I guess they, they're not powerful enough to be able to fend them off, but they have enough shine that the, it's, it's, it gives them, you know, food or whatever sustenance that they need. I think this is a thing when you've got, say, your it clown or these, or these people. I think they're trying, you know, of course, they're cool. They look cool. They do cool things. They act cool. But they also torture and eat kids. <laughs> and that's like a little, you know. It feels like then you really need to have some sort of payoff at the end that like really, really, really gets them. You got to mm. do it. Yeah. And and yeah, it's very rare that they uh, get that kind of thing. Yeah, I think you. I think you're right. And because I mean, I don't think that the I don't think that the like acolytes or disciples or whatever need that. I think you can just 
you know, get rid I of I don't them. know if they were like hanging around watching this kid get, you know, devoured and well, like enjoying it. Like well, they're, they seem they're, to be they, digging it. Yeah, they, well they need the food too. I mean they're they're yeah, they're, they're just, the same. They're, yeah, they're like addicts that, that are uh, But they're not the know, big uh, bad, uh, right? Yeah. They're not the big bad. Like like Rose is the big bad. She's the powerful alpha force in that group. She's the one who who maintains the the this clan or whatever they are. Yeah. You know, the one who actively seeks out and and captures the Here's a, here's a here's a film that uh, to me uh, does it right. Okay. Um, is uh, the Apple Robo- Dumpling Gang? Yeah, they who finally had Tim Conway just believe? like when, when Tim Conway's <laughs> just stabbing that guy and won't stop. Yeah. No, what and movie? What movie does it? Is does it right? um is a RoboCop. Like RoboCop has the bad guys, the bad gang. Yeah. There's, then there's the top hidden bad guy that we don't really know about till later. Yeah. Um, but then the 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 bad guys. Who you know? It's the it's the dad from that '70s show and yep. uh, everyone around him, and they shoot his hand. And you're like, oh boy, that's gruesome, and then just just shoot the hell out of him, like, oh boy. But then when they get their comeuppance later, yeah, they all get pretty graphic, good comeuppance. Yes, they and do. Like, yeah, this is satisfying. This is very yeah. satisfying. They get the, they get restricted yeah. movie comeuppance, and that's a yeah, different kind of comeuppance than well, you can get in Doctor R- Sleep. Was it Doctor R rated? I would be surprised that you could kill a bunch of kids in a, in a mm-hmm. PG movie. Do you think so? They certainly didn't take advantage of it if it was R if it was R rated. Yeah, yeah, you should have had more butts. Uh, <laughs> well, I was anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Doctor Sleep rating in Canada. Uh, it's Doctor Sleep PG thirteen. There you go. Uh, officially been rated R by the MPAA for disturbing and violent content, okay. some bloody images, language, nudity, and drug use. But in Canada, it was PG thirteen. Um, I, I does not seem to be saying here. Oh, okay. I, can't say oh, I thought you said PG thirteen. Yeah, that's well. Uh, this is the thing. I was looking on a site. I, I entered Doctor Sleep rating, and it was like people also asked, "Is Doctor Sleep PG 13 Oh, okay. No, it is not. It is uh, it is R rated. And uh, is Doctor Sleep kid friendly? They are not friendly to that kid at all. <laughs> well, they they're friendly to the kids up to a point. Okay. I'll look at what the rating was in Canada. R. It was a rated R. It was rated rated R. Well, yeah. well, I feel it was a pretty, um, pretty toothless movie for an R-rated film. Yeah, do do some more toothing, guys. More toothing. Come on, smarten up, smarten up, and give us uh, give us uh, the business. Um, I this was just completely out of nowhere, but it was something that I wanted to just quickly talk about for yeah. no reason. Sure. And it's not speaking of toothless things. Um, occasionally I'm, uh, I'm, I'm driving with my sister-in-law and she listens to the radio and the oh, you radio, mean like, you mean like commercial radio, commercial, regular radio with like, she likes to listen to music or she likes like listening it's to talk the 1980s. Yeah. Like, and so she's listening to music and, uh, and then in between the music, yeah. uh, there are, uh, DJs yeah. and the DJs are a fella and a lady yeah. usually. Yeah. Uh, occasionally, an Australian fella for uh, color. Isn't, isn't it weird? Yeah, that's true. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's like get back and, to the fucking snow hills. <laughs> but the thing, the thing about it is, I'm like, oh, okay, let's listen to what they're because I, I feel that they must be talking about something. Yeah. So I listen to the stories, and the stories never go anywhere. <laughs> never go anywhere. There was well, one that was well. On are we? Night. Are you? Wait. Are you? Are you? Yes. Criticizing this. Who's telling you that I can tell a story that goes nowhere, but still give it some bounce, right? Like, all right. I, I don't feel, right. feel when I'm telling you these boring stories here. First of all, someone could just turn this off. I mean, that fair enough. It's the same with the radio, but okay. 
I just want to say, like, as a podcaster, yeah. if I'm saying your stories are going nowhere, wow. And it was just like, it was a story, like, <laughs> there was, oh, there's so many. But, like, the one yesterday was, like, a woman who was saying how, so anyway, I had these Lululemon shorts. Okay. And uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, and I wear, I wore them for a while, and I wasn't wearing them anywhere. But mentioned, I think, that she'd lost some weight or something, and she was getting better shape. Bit of a humble brag, drop sure, that. Sure, yeah, I just kind of threw that in there, but okay. Sure. So she put it up on, uh, I guess, Facebook, whatever you do where you sell stuff oh, on Facebook. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she went like, oh, they originally cost uh, $50, but they cost, but she, she put them on there for $25. She went like, that's fair. Too much. It's ha- Too much. It's half, it's half price. Too much. And so, and so that's first part of their story. And yeah. Everyone's listening. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I put them up there and for, and she sells it this way, for a day, nothing. Like nothing. And normally I get some response. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not much of a story. Uh, (laughs) But then the next day, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Um, There was a couple of people who posted, uh, that's that's too much. It is too much. Being being sarcastic. Mm -hmm. And this was her full fucking story. This was the whole story. (laughs) And you think like, well, that's the end of that story. That story was told in about 45 seconds and we're done. Yep. But it just kept going. It just kept going and going and going. And it was just... Of nothing, and just kept repeating the same thing about nothing. It was nothing, and and and, and then she was like her big like uh, twist was like, oh, but the tag was still in there. You know how they you rip off the tag when you buy it? I didn't, and I <laughs> think that that was a thing. And then the other people are like, yeah, that was probably too much you were charging. You think it was too much? Yeah, that's too much. Yeah, <laughs> you think it, that's too much for that? Yeah, probably probably that was what they were going with. Did they say it was too much? Yeah, they said it was too much. Oh, well, that's probably too much. Well, there, yeah, the yeah. tag was still in it. Yeah. God, forever. <laughs> forever. Well, here's something. And they're, I, and they're, and here's okay. the difference between them and us, Dave. Yeah, okay. Here's the difference. Yep. They're being paid for that. They're being paid. <laughs> it's true. At the end of the that's day, true. they get money for that. Like, we uh, bless our Patreon uh, folks. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so we appreciate it. Thank you. Anyone who buys one of our shirts or what have you, that's great. L- uh, love it. That's fantastic. But like, this is their job. Yeah. It went in with that story of just like, I, I was selling pants for t- too much. <laughs> that's their story. Like, yeah. no, no, sir. You No, ma'am. No, sir. You must come up with a better story than that. That is, that is no, 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 no. You can't. That's not, that's, that is not enough, especially in this podcast world where people are reporting on murders. You've got to be better than that. No. Not everyone wants to hear about murder, you know. No, that's fine. But, you know, something, anything, even, you know, our dumb ramble on fucking Dr. Sleep. <laughs> right? It was an enjoyable ramble. But I'm just imagining if you came on and were just like, I'm trying to sell pants. Yeah. And you told me it was like half price and like people were like, oh, that's too much. And like you tried to like milk like you know twenty minutes out of that. <laughs> you know what? Like, I could milk twenty minutes out of that. All right, fair enough. I could do that. I just want to say about that that they're right though. That that was too much money. Twenty five dollars is too much, because it's a bidding site. It's not just a sale site. So you you put stuff in at a kind of reasonable price, and then you hope that people will then bid it up a bit. That's why people think it's too much. Like that should be the ending cost, not the beginning cost. No one wants to pay, you know, full price for those, but that's what you're basically setting it up for. Because you put it at half price. Half price is the reasonable price to pay for them, yes. But you need to have, like, people interested 
make their make their bids and then you bid it up to hopefully get $25 out of it. And also, you're go you're getting rid of it. You could just throw it away and get nothing for it. So why why are you insisting that you need to get half price of something that you've been wearing? Well, in sweating in while you've lost this magical weight that's so great that now you can't wear a pair of shorts anymore. La-di-da. Exactly. Screw her. Yeah, and her radio go. station. I don't even know what radio station it is, but I hate them all anyway, so it's fine. Yeah, I remember once it was like 20 minutes on just like the Australian guy just saying how he didn't like camping. I'm like, you don't like camping? No, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it all? Did he? No, I just don't like going out in the woods. It's just not, I just don't enjoy it. Huh, because I really like camping. So do I. Yeah, we both like camping. Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, because we like camping. For fuck's sake! (laughs) Tell a story of you went camping in Australia and were attacked by a... Or something. It's not enough. It's not enough. You can just see... like It feels like their producer is doing that stretch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stretch it out. Just keep going. Just Just keep keep repeating. Keep repeating it. It's okay. said the pants were too much do you have any mother any other any examples of why you hate camping no no i'm not gonna give any examples of why i hate it i'm just gonna say i don't like it all right does someone want to tell a story of something they sold online that they got more than they should have like can you can you go in a different angle or take, <laughs> take the car on a different road no? yeah no okay. can't do that all right and now here's the same song you heard uh, a half hour ago well that's it okay. that's it and here's the brilliance of this thing that you're talking about which just occurred to me now why it's so brilliant is because those guys are so dull and dreary that when you hear the music even if it isn't that great a song and you know my personal feeling is where we are nowadays it's pretty hard to find like great music on the radio uh, even if it's not a great song you are so happy that it's not listening to those three <laughs> dum-dums that you are like you don't care what it is you're like Great. I'll listen to this. I, I don't care. Yeah. Same song same song that was on ten minutes ago? Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. And again, listen, I understand who I am. I understand <laughs> the glass house. You don't need to I'm you don't need to apologize. No, I don't have to apologize. You don't have to apologize. I know I know what I, I know of what I speak. <laughs> I know what you're saying. That's it's but yeah, anyway, so there's so there's that and there's that. Well, well even but here's the other thing though. All right, like okay, we don't get paid for doing this necessarily. We get we get some money from from our Patreon supporters, that's true. But most of that money we just throw into the into the the maw of Sneaky Dragon. He right. does, he opens his big mouth for us, and you know it's a way of saving maidens. That's what we what's what I figure we're doing by throwing right. money and into his mouth. Dave and I are hooked on Adderall. <laughs> That's right, and but you know we we have some experience about talking endlessly about nothing in particular, and so I think that we have some some skill like and some and some critical acuity to bring to this topic. I don't think you need to apologize for for criticizing. Radio DJs for being banal and and uh, you know boring because I think there's I think there's also I think there's also a thing where I think they're actively trying to be interesting and it feels like when someone goes up and does stand up mm-hmm. and they've got an idea that they think is going to kill yeah they just go up and just like <laughs> have you seen that commercial for grape jelly and people just look at them no well it's pretty dumb grapes. <laughs> What? What? Who would? Who would? Who would fall in love with grapes? We haven't. We haven't seen it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's? Uh, are they supposed to be? What if they drank wine? That'd be weird because he's made of grapes. We haven't seen the ad. 
listen, I, I have to go on for 20 minutes. So if you can just, <laughs> let me, I, I thought I could, so. I thought I could stretch this out, this whole grape, yeah. the grape thing, but I, you know, I now realize it's not, not actually that well developed. I should have maybe prepared more. Oh boy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, fuck the Irish. What? <laughs> yeah, fuck the Irish. <laughs> yeah, something I heard w- worked once. <laughs> you tell them. Oh, that's a great bit. That's a great bit. <laughs> so uh, I'm probably going to move on to reading letters, unless you've got something else that uh, you, you want to uh, actively discuss. I don't want to be rude. Well, but, but we're at the uh, one hour forty five minute mark. Really? Yes, sir. Well, actually, one hour and we're actually at the two-hour mark because we have we negative, negative the show that we 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 didn't. Take. Oh, that's a good point. So it's uh, okay. You're right, but it's still uh, yeah. it's still a bit of a thing. No, no, we've we have given we have given real time we have given real value time real value like real time value and also imaginary time value. So that's that's more than people should ask for. There we are. Um, so read away, uh, last, sir. All right, last week. Uh, I, I read the, uh, the uh, letters you sent us through our message board, sneakydragon.com. Dave reads the other ones. And so this is how it goes. This is what we're going to do. So our uh, demand of the week, as Dave said, uh, recommend an underappreciated movie with a short blurb to convince people it's worth seeing. Our question of the week was, what's your favorite TV theme song? And sub-question of the week, uh, which of the many namesakes in the Marvel Family Universe is your favorite? We're really doing some <laughs> asking. Listen, if those of you... Why are you laughing at that question? You said it was a good question. Now you're laughing at I, it. I did, you know, that because was I wanted to leave. <laughs> um, my friend Kane is right. I'd enough. like to uh, point people towards Mythica, A Quest for Heroes on Amazon Prime. Marek, a slave girl with a bad leg who longs to be an adventuring wizard, leads a motley bunch on a quest, a roguish elf, a former soldier, and a priestess to rescue said priestess's sister. Appeals to anyone who enjoys D&D, RPGs, uh, RSVPs, no, he didn't say that, uh, Hercules and Xena, Kevin Sorbo was in it, and no one says anything bad about Kevin Sorbo anymore. Um, it's mostly funded via Kickstarter, so it's not big budget, but they stretch it far, and it's big-hearted and fun. There's four sequels, but only the first three movies are on Amazon. Grrr! Uh, and also <laughs> mentions, uh, also, I love the updated DuckTales theme song. I would agree with you there. And the original Danger Mouse. Oh, yeah, Danger Mouse is pretty good. He's the greatest. He's fantastic. Wherever there is trouble, he's using. Um, I, I, I watched that show race. quite a bit, and I don't remember that theme song. Danger Mouse, Danger Mouse, Danger Mouse. Uh, Todd writes, our uh, favorite Marvel family namesake. There was a Captain Marvel ripoff called Captain Universe, not the same as Marvel Comics' Captain Universe, and his magic word was Galap which stood for Galileo, Master of the Galaxies, Archimedes, Master of Physics, Leonardo da Vinci, Master of Invention, Aristotle, Master of Philosophy, and Pythagoras, Master of Geometry. For some reason, this gave him the usual assortment of superpowers, flight, super strength, etc. Yeah, he also, that'd be interesting if he was really good at philosophy and that just came up. <laughs> Uh, and an underappreciated right. movie. I'm going to kill you. Funny you should mention that. That reminds me. Yeah, what's your angle? Wait, speaking of angles, <laughs> I can use my powers of geometry. Uh, an underappreciated movie, Wild Tales from 2014, which is a darkly humorous Argentinian, uh, or Argentinian? Argentinian anthology film of six stories where people are pushed to the edge, usually with a twist ending. Sort of like Twilight Zone without any sci-fi or fantasy elements. 
Last I checked, it was streaming on Amazon. What is Amazon sponsoring this? <laughs> Holy moly, people like Amazon. Anyway, Wild Tales, <laughs> 2014. And I do like a good Captain Marvel ripoff. Um, Louise uh, writes us. Uh, Louise took a very nice uh, picture uh, with her sister, Jackie, uh, both of them wearing some of our new Sparks merchandise, both reading our Sparks book and the new book, Sparks Double Dog Dare. And they were wearing the new um, Smart Cat t-shirts that uh, that uh, Nina Matsumoto designed. So uh, if you, we'll tell you more about that later on. Anyway, the good picture, Louise. Uh, she writes, <laughs> these days I rarely watch a new show's opening credits more than once or twice. So my favorite TV theme songs predate the invention of the fast forward or skip button. For drama, it's Hawaii Five-0 with Mission Impossible a close second. For sitcom, The Jeffersons, moving on up, and Mary Tyler Moore, Love is All Around. Uh, for an 80s improv audience warm-up sing-along, Gilligan's Island and The Brady Bunch. I also have a worse song for a sitcom, uh, the theme from Taxi. I disagree with that. I like that song. Um, <laughs> it's kind of a snooze fest. I don't disagree with that. Uh, and worse song for sci-fi adventure, the theme from Star Trek. Yeah, I said it. Sounds like it's from some weird lounge act. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to suggest. That they, they swap Star Trek uh, theme, uh, Space 1999. Okay. Space 1999, great theme song, boring yeah. show. Star Trek, <laughs> occasionally great show, boring theme song, switch it on up. All right. And uh, I used to, when I was warming up uh, an improv audience, I would do the Batman theme song. And I would get half of the audience to go na 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 na, na and the other half to go Batman, and uh, it worked out quite well. Um, Chris Roberts uh, writes, "Underappreciated movie, you say? We do. Uh, how about the Hudsucker Proxy? Let me interrupt to say I like that movie so much. My wife made me an apron uh, from Hudsucker Industries that, uh, <laughs> that I have upstairs. Um, this 1991, uh, 1994 gem from the Coen Brothers, co-written with Sam Raimi." Uh, doesn't seem to get the love it deserves. It's part screwball comedy, part corporate satire, part magic realist fable, has a super smart, very funny script, and moves along at a fantastic face, pace with some beautifully crafted set pieces. The plot sees naive hick in the city, Norville Barnes, played by Tim Robbins, plucked from obscurity in the mailroom of Hotsucker Industries and instantly promoted to the very top of the corporation. Machiavellian vice president, Sidney Musburger, Paul Newman, clearly relishing being cast as a complete SOB for once, convinces Norville he thinks the young man is a genius who can take the business to new heights. It's all a con, of course, a fiendish plot to appoint an imbecile who will drive down the company's stock value so the wicked board of directors can buy it back on the cheap. <laughs> Only, what if Norville really is a genius? Roberts is uh, terrifically likable. Newman hysterically deadpan. Jennifer Jason Lee goes full on 1930s Catherine Hepburn as the reporter who smells a rat. Also uh, not mentioned in this, uh, Bruce Campbell also is very, very good. Um, the critics were mostly lukewarm. Audiences stayed away. And although it gained something of a following on video and DVD, it is yet to be recognized as the classic it is. Well, I love it anyway. Give it a shot. You'll never look at a hula hoop the same way again. Um, and I say about that, you know, for kids. Um, oh, and favorite TV theme? Rockford Files, obviously. Obviously. Oh, my gosh. Obviously. So good. Well, Edward Dragansky is not having any of that. He, he pipes in and goes like, all right, Chris. All right. <laughs> you stole my thunder with the Rockford Files theme. Well, that's what you get, Edward, for being the last. That's the thing. <laughs> the last. Uh, I vividly remember calling a radio station request line as a kid, 
asked them to play it for me several times so I could record it off the radio. <laughs> then I bought one of those albums with all the TV themes on it, just for the Rockford Files theme. But it wasn't the original, just oh. a cheap studio knockoff. Terrible. Along with all the other themes by pop sing singers and orchestra. Welcome back, Cotter, Beretta, Mash, all fake. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrible. And I'd like to remember the Welcome Back Cotter one was, uh, Welcome back, you were gone, I think. Hey, there you are. <laughs> he's back now, he's a teacher, he's doing Groucho marks. And he's there, and there's that guy, Travolta guy. He's gone now, he's doing Grease or some shit. Uh, there's Epstein and Boom Boom, and there's the other, I think his name's Horse. Horseshack? Yeah, his name's Horseshack. Anyway, I gotta go. And welcome back. Yeah, no, it's not very good. It's <laughs> not at all. I was lucky I, I had the KTEL album with, that had uh, the Rock Files on it because it was a top 10 hit. Ah. Uh, I used to get uh, albums from the library that were um, uh, TV theme songs and play them and record them. Yes. And then there'd be weird things like it's the All in the Family album and it would play like the opening theme song. Uh, but like the extended version, <laughs> and you're like, oh, there's a lot more things. And then they play scenes from the show. <laughs> Do you remember pomade in their hair? Yeah. And then, but the nice thing was they also published the lyrics. Oh. So I actually got to know what the last, uh, the last lines of that uh, song were. Wait, it's always cut off? Well, no, no. It's just, it's so... Like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and it was like, I think it was like uh, Gerald LaSalle ran great. It was a type of car. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but but what I didn't get until much later was the song's a joke song. Okay. In that, uh, you know, it was all things that were supposedly like sort of mediocre and they weren't great. Okay. okay. They were yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Edward uh, goes on but... to uh, write his own letter uh, and says, uh, uh, not just criticizing other people's letters. Oh, um, wow. There's a film from 2013 that I really thought I'd hate, but my wife sold it on, uh, sold me on it after watching it. Only Lovers Left Alive, directed by uh, Jim Jeremush, stars Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. The two play a vampire couple named Adam and Eve in current times, trying to fit in uh, after being alive uh, together for centuries. It's dark in places and satirical in others, and the two see the world in uh, two completely different ways. Adam is bored and lives in Detroit with his music. Eve lives in Morocco and sees everything very uh, much more optimistically as she plans to visit Adam in Detroit, which is difficult to do by day if you're a vampire. Other actors include the late John Hurt, who is also a vampire, and the late uh, Anton Yelchin, who befriends Adam not knowing he's a vampire. The situation worsens when baby sister, played by Mia Wasikowska, that's uh, saying that wrong, shows up only to cause trouble. You know, here's here's something about that yeah. uh, that now makes a little sense to me. Okay. Uh, I was watching an episode of uh, What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series. Yes. And, and they have, you know which episode I'm talking about? I have not watched that show. Okay. Well, there's an episode where uh, someone goes on trial, a vampire goes on trial, and it's all the vampires, and they got like Paul Rubens as his vampire, basically from Puff of the Vampire Slayer. Phyllis <laughs> Quentin is in it, and I was like, well, when was she a vampire? Ah. And it's like, this now makes sense, but there's other uh, cameos from people that played vampires in movies, and they're all part oh. of the High Vampire Counselor, and Jermaine Clement 
is there and uh, Taiko uh, Watiti is there playing their characters from the original movie yeah. uh, as well. But yeah, it was great seeing especially Paul Rubens. By the way, we're recording this on Paul Rubens' birthday. Um, oh, happy 60th, birthday, Pee Wee. 60th birthday. Um, yeah, uh, but that makes sense with Tilda Swinton playing a vampire. I was like, when does she play a vampire? Oh, there we go. Uh, this is great. Uh, continuing <laughs> on, uh, I enjoyed it because it wasn't what I expected, and I'm not a huge vampire fan, film fan. The film takes it a step further and shows us that even these immortals have problems just like we do. The film also features a great haunting indie soundtrack that's moody and evocative. I give it four out of five stars for its satirically original story and cast. Favorite TV theme song by the great John Williams would have to be Lost in Space. Yeah, agreed. But not the one from seasons one and two. All right. Uh, the theme was changed to a much more dynamic jazzy theme for season three with the giant numbers counting down from seven to one. I can remember just waiting for that theme to intro the show with the countdown. And also includes a little clip of that. A close uh, second would have to be The Wild Wild West by Dimitri uh, uh, Tomkin, Tiomkin, mainly because yeah. of the uh, oh, thank you very much of the rough animated intro of the cowboy surrounded by danger. I loved that art style and one of the few animated openings that has a cowboy punching a woman. Pow! <laughs> but she deserved it because she went down. So what are you gonna do? But it's still weird that you know, kaboom! What? Sorry, what, what show is this? Wild Wild West. There's this, the punching a woman. Yep. <laughs> it's all split yeah. up. Um, it's all spl- uh, the the screen is split, much like uh, Thomas Crown Affair. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, so the cowboy kind of comes to life, and then each of the individual squares above him activates, and he interacts with all of them. And one of them is like a woman, a beautiful woman who's like dressed like a you know like she's a fancy yeah, fancy yeah. cowboy lady, and yeah. uh, goes to give him a kiss, and I believe like she pulls out a knife, and he just like. Belzer, and like down she goes, and then he casually walks away. <laughs> the battle of the sexes. Yeah, uh, again, it was a long time ago, and they're cartoons, and I don't know. Anyway, I could go on and on. I love TV. I'll pass on the Captain Marvel question. I was never an avid fan of the comic. Uh, I guess if I were uh, hard hard pressed, you are. I'd say Mercury, and then watch uh, Marvel explain that shit to Barry Allen. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a race following soon after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, during the time where uh, it's Barry called a, Allen... It's called a race war. Ooh. No? Is um, that wrong? Wrong, wrong terminology? It's a long time ago when we were a podcast. Um, <laughs> Next, I'm going to punch a lady. There was a, a Marvel comic that came out while... Um, Barry Allen was dead. There was a period of time after Crisis on Infinite Earths where they killed off Barry Allen and brought Wally West was like the, the Flash for that's, quite that's a few inconvenient. Years. <laughs> yeah. um, so in this Marvel comic, they had a race with Quicksilver and a whole bunch of other uh, people for the sake of the universe, and there was like a character that you couldn't quite see who was like back from the dead, and uh, he was racing. And it was clearly the Flash. Yeah. And uh, they referred to him. Uh, what was his name? I don't know. I think someone said buried alien. And so he was buried alien instead of Barry Allen. It's like ah, clever. He brought him back from the dead anyway in the comic. Um, I used to ride the train into work every morning with a guy who was the spitting image of Race Bannon. Perfect head of close coiffed right hair and all, much like Vice President Mike Pence. Maybe out of boredom, I just imagined my fellow passengers 
were real-life versions of the comic and cartoon characters because there was also a guy who looked exactly like Dr. Faustus. He scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Who's Dr. Faustus? Is he the villain? Dr. Dr. Faustus, yeah, he's a villain, a Marvel villain who is a psychiatrist. Oh, okay. Smoked one of those penguin-style long cigarettes. Ah, a cigarillo. Uh, he, yeah, yeah he, he was very similar to a character called um, Hugo Strange in the DC world where they would like, uh, you know, Someone will go like, hey, you should go see a psychiatrist, they say to Batman or Spider-Man. Yeah. Don't, because psychiatrists are evil villains. Yes. And they'll put something in your noodle, and now you're hallucinating. Oh, man. And everything's all screwed up. Yeah. Don't do it. They're also Mysterio sometimes. Huh. When, when uh, Scientology took over comics. Exactly. Then Nigel writes, question of the week, what's your favorite TV theme song? Yeah, that's, that was the question of the week. You got it right, Nigel. Um, I was poking at my old collection of digital music and thought to myself, who's Kevin Gillis? Google says that he's a TV producer, writer, uh, singer-songwriter, and host of a fitness show. This is true. More importantly, he's the creator of the 80s cartoon The Raccoons uh, and wrote its amazing uh, end credits theme song. It's some glorious 80s synth rock forever burned into my brain. What's burned into my brain from Kevin Gillis is a is a, uh, a TV show he had that was a fitness TV show that was called Yes You Can and it was just Canadian kids doing random fitness things and uh, that voice of Cyril Sneer uh, <laughs> that ratchet <laughs> yeah. was uh, was there was a I think it was Coach something I want to say Coach Cleats but I know that's from Archie it was Coach something and he would uh, he would do that but then Kevin Gillis would always come out and just like go and you know what you know you want to you get in shape? Well, you can do it. You can do it. Yes, you can. Oh, you can do it in a jam. Yeah, your cat can do it. Yes, you can. And you can too. And it would just go on forever. <laughs> oh, my God. Forever. Um, I missed that yeah. one. Missed that show. You can do it. All right. <laughs> uh, the other theme song I want to mention is the end credits to Babar. It's entirely instrumental, and the main melody played on piccolo, and a counterpoint melody played on a muted trumpet. I think I Googled, but I couldn't find any details. It made me realize I could listen to the different parts of a song and appreciate how they relate to each other. And with both of those examples, uh, Nigel has uh, given us uh, clips to, uh, to watch on YouTube. So if you want to see any of that, uh, go to SneakyDragon.com and look at our last episode. And uh, you will you will find those in the messages underneath. Now, David. Yeah. Other people have written to us other ways. I just want to say one one theme that I I don't didn't hear anyone say is the theme for the Jetsons. I've, I always liked. Yes. I think that's a great song. But I, I like it in my imagination. Ba -da -da -da. Yeah. Well, because I just the way I think about it is it's like you know it starts off kind of quiet like you know meet George Jetson do 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 do. His, you know, goes through all that stuff, and then it suddenly it's like, da -da -da -da, and you're like, whoa, geez. Well, it starts with a da -da -da -da. like it, the first thing. Oh, is does it? That, yeah, it looks like a planet, and then it just explodes into all these jagged shards, and then it goes into the soft meet George Jetson, and then we're into that world. But it's <laughs> the very first bam is uh, is is right off the top. Huh? I didn't I didn't know that. Yep. Now I now I know everything. I remember very clear. I remember very clearly you telling me how much you liked the Jetsons theme song when we were in high school. Yeah, yeah. 
I just, I just, I just like it in my imagination more than anything. You were just like, telling me like it's so good. No, let me tell you why it's so good. And you were like, really good into it. Because I would give it the boo. Yeah. You're like, I don't know if you're singing it right. I'm an apathetic teenager. I I care not of these things. <laughs> they should have called that show the Jazztons. Ooh. All there right. Was a lot of, there was a lot of jazz. Wait, was there jazz in the Jazztons? There was a lot of jazz in uh, Flintstones. I'm just thinking about the theme song. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's got a bit of like big band, a little big band to it. Yep. All right, so we got a letter. Okay. We got an email. This is from Tom Paxton, who if you remember last show, was telling us about a pizza that a visitor from North America cooked for his Scottish family. and Made of gold. Bankrupted the family. The family had to eat pieces of wood for uh, two weeks in order to, to uh, recover from that, the hit, the hit to the bank account. So, uh, and Ian, you wondered why. You're like, what could possibly be expensive about a pizza? All it's made out of is... the topping that broke the bank? All it is made out of is rare and hard to find food. So, uh, Tom writes, and he says, hi. Ian asked what the bank breaker was on our expensive first pizza experience. Dave pretty much nailed what the problem was. The end. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, he goes on to say, our usual diet was food that was cheap, plentiful, and went a long way for the cost. Dave mentioned minced beef. That was certainly a staple with potatoes, bread, massive pans of soup, sponge and custard, porridge, oats for breakfast, and so on. The pizza, however... Aside from flour for the base, which we had, pretty much everything else had to be bought for, from bought from scratch. Little of it was commonplace. Oh man, I gotta take my glasses off. I don't know why I'm tearing up. This is making me really sad. This story. <laughs> Little of it was commonplace, and hence most of it was expensive compared to our normal shopping. Particularly the imported stuff like whatever spice sausage and salami was on there. The tastiest bit of it, as I recall, there was a lot on top of that pizza, and a lot of us to feed. So it quickly ended up expensive by comparison to a usual week's frugality. Best regards, Tom. All right. So there okay. you go. Different right. times, I think. And maybe something that we in North America don't quite understand. The you know, we never like, you know, we never lived through the stringent the stringent kind of uh, post-war England, which I think affected a lot of a lot of uh, people's eating habits in England. You know, we didn't we didn't have like ration books and stuff after after the war was over, you know. Suddenly we had all the bananas we wanted to eat, but still in England, you know, it was still it was a rare thing to get mm-hmm. imported fruit and it was a rare thing to you know to be able to just go to the store and buy sugar. You had to, it was still rationed in, through, into the 60s, you know. So I think I think a lot of that kind of played into how how people ate even after things became more plentiful. And Italy is farther from Scotland than I assumed. It is and you know, and it's just, it's just, and, and, you know, like truck farming as we have in, have it in North America might not, you know, might not have been as commonplace then because, you know, they would have to take a ferry or everything would have to be loaded onto trains to, to be brought to England, you know, and, and that's, it's all expensive. It all adds up, right? So, you know, for people, you know, greengrocers and stuff, maybe in London where you have a larger population, you can afford to, to bring in kind of exotic food and keep it at a reasonable price, but to ship it all the way to northern Scotland or to the coast of Scotland or to a fishing village, you know, it's just it's just too hard for a greengrocer there to be able to, to stock yes, that so. kind of stuff. So I'm just looking at uh, right now how uh, how far, like I said, like driving yeah. from Italy to Scotland yeah, and how long it would take. Yeah. Uh, it's 26 hours. Sure, that's now as well. So it might be yeah, a little different. Uh, in the old days, there wasn't as, there wasn't like England didn't have like all the 
the motorways and stuff like that it has now like it wasn't that wasn't until like the the 80s they started building all the a roads and stuff like that through england that really kind of you know kind of created the suburbs in a way that the 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 the, the building the interstates and stuff did in the states in the 1950s they didn't do that in england until the right. until the 80s so you know so it would have been trained most likely to go there and yeah it just would have been it you know like you just got to think about the cost being added on top and and if they were like you know eating potatoes or tatties as they're called or as we all know uh neeps <laughs> tatties and neeps okay they you know you know the idea of having like really expensive uh, green peppers and things and mushrooms and stuff like that. Like, ugh, what are we? What are we made of money? Yeah, apparently Scottish pizza, what they call Scottish pizza now, is yeah. uh, deep fried. Deep fried. That's kind of what it's famous for. Yeah, it's like uh. it's deep fried pizza. I think deep fried works if something is wet. Okay. Like if it has moisture in it. Which pizza would? Pizza doesn't really have enough moisture because it has well, a geez. bread crust. I know, but it's bread crust, right? Like I had a I had a deep fried hamburger one time and it wasn't that good because it's too dry. Like deep fried Mars bar is great because the chocolate melts and it's like you're like you're having like a warm caramel chocolate thing with with batter around it. That's great. Or deep fried butter, which just tastes like a cream puff. That's good too. But a deep fried hamburger too dry. I'm kind of interested now. Yeah, this Scottish deep fried pizza. Uh, it's a Scottish uh, concoction consisting of pizza that's deep fried in hot oil without being dipped in batter. All right. Uh, instead of being baked in an oven, it can be found in numerous chip shops throughout uh, Scotland, <laughs> uh, where it's fried in the same oil where fish and chips are prepared. So it oh. gives it a bit of that. Uh, it's extremely <laughs> caloric and unhealthy. Yeah. And delicious, and is served with salt, vinegar, or chips in order to improve the flavor. Oh wow. Okay. Well, let me just say I am planning on visiting Scotland in two years' time. Okay. Not this, not this coming summer, like next summer, but the summer after. Uh, we were gonna go. We were going. We were planning to go next summer, but my brother and sister-in-law, who want to come with us, they, they, um, brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they, they had to put it off because of a wedding came up. So, so we're gonna go the year after, apparently. Okay. Hopefully, the world is back in some sort of sh- you know acceptable shape by that point. You know what? I'm going to say yes. It will be. So there, I'm right. going to say it now. I hope so. Done. So yeah. So that's that's our plan anyway. That's a, it's written on our calendar in giant letters. I, I said I misspelled them. I, I wrote it as Ingeld. So that's I don't know what's going to happen now. That's a bad sign. We might okay. we might we might end up not going just because I we might end up going to the wrong place. We might end up here. We are jolly old Ingeld. It's kind of embarrassing. We know when you go to write something and you're just you're like writing fast because you're excited. Yep. And you get a little crossed up. Anyway. That's what happened. Anyway, that's all the emails. But thank you, Tom. That was that was enlightening, and I hope Ian learned a lesson, a valuable lesson. Yeah, yeah. The um, sorry, I was just uh, I was looking up a recipe for this uh, Scottish pizza, and the uh, the most well, uh, you know, the most popular one is a Guy Fieri recipe. That guy <laughs> knows how to deep fry stuff, so that's good. Okay, nice. Huh. All right. Does um, Does Guy Fieri go to other countries to find their their diners, drive-ins, and dives? I would be shocked if he did. Wouldn't you be shocked if he did not? I would be shocked if he did. Are you saying you'd be shocked if he didn't do it? Yeah. You'd be shocked if he didn't. Yeah, there's money on the table there, of course. I think. I think it depends on the country. I, I, I don't think like I don't think I think America is pretty much like sui generis. However, how you pronounce that phrase, that Latin phrase, which I like to say just to sound smart until I okay. pronounce it, and then I sound like a dum dum. Uh, which just means you know it's there's nothing like it, right? There's nothing like America. In terms of like diners, drive-ins, and dives, 
like not even Canada, which is you know on the doorstep of America and copies many of its of its habitual things. And we have our we have our McDonald's and Burger Kings and stuff here, and we have our diners, drive-ins, and dives to a degree. But we nothing like in the states. Like the states, just stands on its own. So I, I just I can't imagine that you know if you go to England, you're gonna find like an equivalent. You know what I mean? Well, he went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm just curious where he went to find there. Like, uh, yeah, a bite of Britain. He uh, he went. He also went to Italy. So uh, well, they have pe- yeah, they have pizza. So I can see that. In, as a... in, in episode twenty-three, season ten, yeah, of Diners, Drivers, and Dives, yeah, um, season ten. I know. Um, said uh, this trip, Guy Fieri's living it up in London, digging uh, uh, the real deal regional feast. First, a couple of British buddies. Uh, smoking up uh, some true blue American Q. Well, that's why you don't want to Yeah, let's see. That's what I mean. Like, if you're just going there to... Then hang out and giving classic fish and chips a modern makeover. Okay. Then Guy finds a taste of legit English fare at a local's favorite, serving standout shepherd's pie, braised ox cheek, and righteous rhubarb cheesecake. Huh. Yeah, there you are. That doesn't sound very... That doesn't sound like divey or or drive-in to me, though. Well, you tell him. I do like fish chops, chop, so. And you know what? I was watching a, a show where they were they were uh, finding the best chip shop in Great Britain. And? And I've been there. I was pretty happy about that. It's was, in, this, was this the sorted fellas? I don't know. Okay. But it was in uh, Shetland, Shetland Islands. Oh, okay. Nice. And so, yeah, we, we Lisa and I went to that chip shop. So I was like, wow, we went to the best chip shop in Great Britain. And how, and how, and did you enjoy it when you went? <laughs> okay. <laughs> we also well, there you are. we also had Chinese food in Shetland, and it was different. It was good. It was good, but it was different. Like you know, it's the... yeah, Chinese food in uh, England is also uh, yeah, it's uh, different. Yeah, yeah. We also had Chinese food in England too, because uh, for we we were there for a games night for when for when uh, with our with Lisa's cousins. So uh, we had a games night with her two three cousins. And then, uh, actually, just two cousins. I think it was just uh, her. Anyway, it doesn't matter. And then, uh, yeah, we got together and had a. We played um, Taboo, the the, the word oh, game nice. Taboo, which is a fun game to play. And that's where I first time I played it as well. So I had a lot of fun. I remember, I'm sure I told this story before, but I'll repeat it for li- listeners who are new and haven't gone through every show. Uh, my wife's uncle, Ronnie, very dear man, he uh, was not good with the with the clues for Taboo. He tended to just get frustrated with you that you didn't understand what he was saying with the one word that he would say. <laughs> and so he was, he was doing this word and it was guys against the girls. So that, that's the other thing. So it was four against four. So my Lisa's aunt, her, her two daughters and her, her uh, daughter-in-law versus anyway, it doesn't matter. So then, but my uncle Ronnie, and he's got, he's got the card and he's like chickens deep. And we're like, we're like, Okay. Come on, some, a little bit more. Chickens deep. Okay, not getting it yet. What what else you got for us? Come on, chickens deep. <laughs> oh, okay. What we're like throwing stuff out. We're you know we couldn't think of a barnyard. Da da da. This and that. Uh, yeah, yeah, cluck fowl. Yeah, what's fowl. going on? Chickens deep. And then it just got to the point where finally I was just like, forget it. I'm going to the bathroom. This is stupid. So I got up and started walking away. And then I realized I turned around and went freezer. He's like, yes, but we'd wasted like the whole turn on this freezer? one freezer, a deep freeze, okay. a deep freeze. Where's the chickens? What's the you chicken? put chickens in a freezer. What? No. <laughs> I know. Like, what kind of clue is that? 
<laughs> what kind of clue is that? It's so dumb. I was so mad. I was so damn. I was so mad at him. But and then because this, the, you know, he didn't just go. Okay, you're not getting it. Let's go on to the next card. You know, let's at least at least get you know a couple here. No, no, I'm just gonna like you know stiff neckedly keep saying the same thing over and over again until you get this answer. Sand is dropping through the hourglass. Here it goes. Or more like a minute glass. Minute glass. Here's our time. It's running away, and we're getting no points this game. Ah, uh, Uncle Ronnie. Dear fella. Chickens deep. Chickens, chickens deep. Is he? Is he still with us? Yes, he Uncle is. Ryan? Yes, he oh, is. Nice. Okay. Uh, yes. I wish him a, a long, long, healthy life. Thank you. Uh, yeah. But I think at his funeral, someone has to go up <laughs> and just say, "Has anyone got a few words?" Yes, I have a few words. <laughs> chickens deep. <laughs> and then just walk away and then just have like some of your family members like nod like yeah. well they would yeah. unless they've forgotten this story which is indelibly burned in my mind they they uh they would nod their head and go yeah that's right chicken chicken steam it's kind of funny like that story like i say is so it, it's probably like one of like and that was like a big trip like we went to we went to the orkney islands we went to the shetlands for a wedding we went back down to England. We went to London. You know, we went to Cambridge. We did all kinds of things. We punted up the, you know, on the on the Cam, on the River Cam, and we did all kinds of stuff there. And the thing that sticks in my mind is Chinese food in the Shetlands, and and then that game, that game in in Ron's, which just you know, it was such a crazy. It was fun. It was like a fun game, but oh, just chickens deep. I wonder if anyone else remembers it. I should, next time we go there, I'll have to ask. There was one. This is just a, a weird thing for. Uh... Uh, we we were we were doing a show in in London yeah and uh, walked past a pub uh, after the show and just looked in and in one room it was like uh, just one person was in that in the one room of the pub and it was uh, <laughs> Ethan Hawke really he was, he was just drinking yeah and uh, I just turned to uh, my friend who I was with and just went cameo <laughs> cameo and then we just keep walking cameo appearance like, should, we, should we go back and look at no no that wouldn't be a cameo yeah no it's just gotta let it be a cameo appearance by ethan hawk sure, yeah. yeah yeah he's not an, it's not an extra he's not an extra in it he's just like it's a cameo just a cameo and people yeah, yeah. go like hey that was ethan hawk oh he was the background guy in that uh, when you were walking home after the show yeah he did the cameo good for him <laughs> nice i got that that's nice Actually, Uncle Uncle Ronnie is one of the reasons that Mary loves cribs so much because he he played crib cribbage with the with the kids while they were when we were visiting so much so much crib because we would go we would go out for the day and go look around and then we'd drive back and we'd stop at Lisa's aunt and uncle's and one of her grandkids would come over and he would play play cards with the girls and they'd all play cribbage together and Uncle Ronnie would always play with them and uh, or as he called it. I called it box. I think that was the name he called instead of crib. We call it crib, but he called it box or something like that. Well, tell them to don't call it that. Call it the right thing. Call it the right thing. That's yes, right. Catch up. Yeah. Catch up with the stuff that happened in North America. Yeah. Where things are ex- advancing quickly, we can have pizza anytime we want. Yeah. It doesn't break the bank for us. And we, we have more in our fridges than chickens. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> unless chickens he's so deep. unless he's so rich that he has one fridge just for chickens. Chicken deep. Deep. Um, hey, everybody out there. Uh, have you got a have you got a question for this week? Because uh, mine would probably be, I'm worried that mine might we might have asked this already. Uh, OK, let me. OK, you you do the uh, do the do the plugs and I will uh, I'll think if I can see if I can think of something. OK, before. Yeah, before I uh, I'll do the plug uh, that we're going to do, uh, which is, hey, everybody, um, do you like reading books? Well, let me tell you something. 
Uh, Dave and I did a book um, with our friend Nina Matsumoto. She drew it. Uh, Dave colored it. I wrote it. And it's called Sparks Double Dog Dare. It's the second book in the Sparks series. Yes, it's a kid's book, but I think you might enjoy it as well. And uh, we're very pleased to see that it's the number two uh, kid's book in Canada right now, uh, which is for the second week in a row, which is uh, pretty, pretty thrilling. Um, if you do buy this book, because we're not able to uh, do any signings, uh, we're doing a thing right now where we've done up some book plates. And if you write us, we will, uh, you know, and you've got a, you got a book, you don't have to prove it, we'll believe you. Um, we'll uh, send you a book plate. So here's where you would send uh, your information to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Send us your address. And we will give you a book plate that is signed by myself, Nina Matsumoto, and uh, and David. It's a little thing that says, like, this book belongs to and a little uh, thing of uh, the two main characters, uh, Charlie and August. Also, that's a good place to just write us if you feel like writing us. You can do it uh, by email, or you might go to sneakydragon.com, uh, which is our website, and look for uh, the episode that you want to comment on. Underneath is a message area. Comment there, and we'll probably read your uh, letter on the air, unless it's filthy uh, <laughs> even then probably um we're also <laughs> on twitter we're at uh, at sneaky underscore dragon and tumblr sneaky dragon i have another book that uh you might uh care to read which is called extra sisters uh we're doing it as single issues online first and then it'll be collected in a trade in october um the uh the trade is called extra sisters kicking at the darkness uh, there's already been one of the books out uh, called uh, Damned If You Don't. And uh, it's by Image. Uh, it's done by Image Comics. And I write it. And my friend Giselle Legacy draws it. And she does an amazing job with that. You can go to comicsology.com or some other places and uh, download that digitally if you are so inclined. You can also download digitally um, Sparks there and Sparks Double Dog there. And now back to David with questions. Well, I have one question. Sounds great. And my question is, uh, now that summer is winding down, for us anyway, you know, the, the, the days are starting to get shorter, the nights are starting to stretch out. It's starting to get a little chillier at night as well. Have you noticed that, Ian? It, uh, it is, but I'm in denial. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I was wondering, what was your favorite thing to do in the summer when you were a kid? Like, what mm. made your summers for you? Was it going on a trip? Did you have like a vacation spot you went to commonly? Did you go to, did you have a cabin or a cottage that you went to? What was your favorite thing to do in the summer? What evokes summer in your mind of when you were a kid? That's what I'd like to know. Uh, I would uh, ask, and you tell me if we've already asked this. Okay. Um, but we were talking about Dr. Sleep mm -hmm. and saying, uh, eh. um, <laughs> but what has been a, uh, a book that's been adapted into a film uh, well? And or not well for you. you know, I'd go well or not well, but especially well. Uh, you thought like, hey, they nailed it. They really got that book right. Yeah, well done, you. Or, oh, that's a little disappointing. So favorite movie, favorite Based book, on book. Favorite book to movie ad adaptation. Yeah, adaptation. All right. Mine would be, uh, just off the top of my head, uh, Scanner Darkly. Okay. I think that was probably one of the best adaptations of a, of a like, true to the spirit of it. Just felt like I was, felt like I was experiencing the book. 
Yeah, I feel like the first thing comes to my head, unfortunately, is The Shining. I thought, you know, the the Kubrick movie did uh, the fix some mistakes in the book, and <laughs> and uh, it was it was good. I'd also, of course, go Scott Pilgrim, we're including comic books um, versus versus the we world. We are but including I'm, comic books. That very is also obvious. That very is, obvious that choices also, for me. On, yes, on those. you are. You are. It's clear as crystal clear. I mean, it's obvious that Scanner Dark we've talked about recently, so it's not really a big, not really a big surprise. People aren't going to be going, oh, Dave, like that. They're here. I'll, so, I'll, yeah, I'll rack my brain for next week. But yeah, let let us know, answer those questions, and that would be great. And uh, hey, everybody, uh, if you remember last episode, um, I was bemoaning my my idiot clumsiness that lost a complete episode of Fansplainers that Ian and I had done together, which was made me very sad because I thought we had actually had a very good show. Luckily. My lovely wife Lisa volunteered to step into the into the uh, fray into the breach, and uh, and talk about a movie that she loves, which is a little film, a Walt Disney movie called The Horse in the Gray Flannel Suit, and this is a it's a movie that she holds very dear to her heart. It's a very nostalgic film for her, and and so we talked about it, and because. Lisa is so knowledgeable about horses and has been a riding instructor since she was a teenager and, you know, has been majorly involved with Pony Club and with, with kids. And, you know, it's just there's like generations of children who Lisa's taught riding. She brings all of that knowledge and love of, of, the, of horses to, to the conversation. And it's like quite wonderful to hear her talk about it. I just sat there and just asked little questions just to get her going. So, and we talked about the film as well, of course, but uh, it's really fun to listen to her kind of fill in all the little details and things. And because she loves it so much, she has just over the years learned all these little facts about the movie as well. So it was, it was quite a fun thing. So if you're a, fan of fansplainers even if you haven't seen the film it's still fun to listen to it's too bad that walt disney has not seen or the disney plus people have not seen fit to include it in their in their lineup yet uh, hopefully it'll show up eventually it wasn't a big hit when it was released i think it's a little too it's not fantasy enough it's not fantastical enough as sort of like a wish fulfillment horse movie it's much more kind of realistic and in that way it's interesting but probably not what kids wanted to see or and uh and i think the name made it might have made it confusing to people as well but yeah it's a it's a fun film and and i thought it was a very interesting show well i enjoy the idea of like listening to you talking to one of your family members but like when i'm done with that where can i go and what can i do <laughs> well that's a good that's a good point uh another show i do with uh, with another family member who is dragooned into uh talking with their dad over oh, oh, uh, during a podcast is sneaky dragon listening party which features my wonderful daughter mary and we uh, just put out a show. It came, came out on Thursday, it, it, as it commonly drops. And we finished off side two of a mixtape we did for a former listener. I won't say former listener to the show. That doesn't. That's that's wrong. Because I, I just don't know who listens to the show anymore. But you know, maybe he listens, maybe he doesn't. But his name was Bob Evans. He was a guitarist and a big fan of Completely Beatles. And he had did, did an album of uh, of uh, acoustic adaptation, acoustic guitar adaptations of the Beatles. And uh, he sent along a CDR and said, fill it up with some music. And I did. And I, listening to it now, I'm like, what was I thinking? I'm sure this was <laughs> totally not up his alley. But it was still fun. We enjoyed it. And uh, Mary and I had a couple of good, had, had a good conversations over the songs. And uh, it just went every which way. So as it, as it does. We also, we also can talk, Mary and I. <laughs> good. Good stuff. So there you go. And there you go. 
and uh, and uh, Dave and I after this are going to discuss like, hey, what movie we're going to talk about next time? What's going <laughs> That's on? true. Yeah, I'm going to the Vancouver Island this weekend, so we gotta we gotta make this yeah, work. Let me tell, let's tell you what movie I'm not going to be seeing. Okay, is uh, I won't be seeing New Mutants because oh. it is only in theaters, ah. and uh, I'm not going into a theater uh, right now. I'm not doing it. So okay. um, yeah, Fair unless uh, unless there's some way of us renting out a theater, which we might be able to do. Uh, <laughs> and talk about that, but yeah, that's or unless a friend of ours has a screener. Hmm, mm. they do. We should ask. Um, yeah, I wonder. But, if, I wonder if that even bo- they even bother sending that out to uh, for your consideration. <laughs> I yeah, well, for special effects, I guess. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's the drag because I used to be like a sort of a New Mutants fan. So I like, love I'm, the yeah, I love the. Well, I loved it with Bill Sankevich at the. And they're kind the of pencils. basing it a little bit on that run, mm. so. You know, it's like, yeah, hey guys, what are you doing? But uh, I we'll know, figure something else. I know you're not comfortable with the idea of going, but I, I, I am sort of, sort of thinking about going. So we'll see. Okay. Because I really well, want to see Tenet as well. So if you do, if you do go and you go with uh, someone that you care about and you want to do it on your own with them and talk about that, that is absolutely <laughs> fine as well. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, yeah, I come from a, I come from a household right now where uh we're not taking those chances right now we're still being and i know you're more you you with your work and whatnot you have to go out to the real world much yeah. more than i do yeah whereas i'm uh, i'm john travolta boy in the plastic bubble, <laughs> for going out for swims yeah i think that's kind of it's sort of i wouldn't say inured me but or made me careless because i do wear a mask when i go to stores and are you calling me a nerd is that what you said <laughs> well why are you insulted uh you know the anyway uh let's go on let's quickly move on from that for that thing okay i just feel like yeah I, because i'm going to work and driving around and you know doing all those things that that i i don't know i feel it's kind of like it's kind of like i can see like if you're not doing it that you can be more apprehensive but because i'm i have to go out there anyway like i'm just sort of more you know yeah i'm more open i mean like i say i'm gonna go on the ferry this weekend to go to the island so well, I'll make this as a sub, sub, sub question as well. How active are you guys out there right now? Are you going out? Are you seeing movies? Are you, like, how far are you poking your head out of the hole uh, right now? Are you fully <laughs> out good. and about and uh, frolicking in the, uh, in the in the outdoor lifestyle? Uh, do, does your job uh, mean you have to go out and interact with people and whatnot? Um, I'm being, yeah, I'm being uh, introvert. Uh, and uh, also right now, because... Uh, at the beginning of this, so many uh, sources of our income got cut off. Yeah, uh, it's right now things are sort of starting almost to come back. Um, so it's like uh, working triple hard <laughs> right now with all that stuff sure. to try and make up what we didn't get for the last couple of months. Yeah, yeah. so it's like, and then hoping these things ex- like we're we're basically right now throwing so many bottles into the ocean uh, and seeing and seeing what's what. Uh, but it means, uh, yeah, I'm I'm basically like inside most of the day writing pitches and putting stuff together and getting and getting spec things and if there is a thing completing it immediately and getting it out so there's a lot of that too so the idea of just like and now i'm going to go out and see a movie it's like oh geez like, what time do i have to yeah i'm yeah i'm a little i'm a little uh under the uh time time constraints as well so it won't be this week if i if i do it so well, stay safe on your uh, weekend trip. Uh, we will, yeah. I mean, now the ferry is uh, requiring that everyone masks are mandatory. Right. 
Right. So that kind of was a, de- a deciding factor for us. To... Is it like the buses where it is, but it's not? I I don't know. I, I don't know. Ho- yeah, hopefully the buses it's... say it's mandatory, but of course no one enforces that. So mm. it's not real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Hopefully the ferries can be a little bit more just because it's, you're at sea. So we can throw yeah. people overboard if we have to. Yeah. Yeah. We, and that's cool. That's cool to throw people overboard. Yeah. Just watch yeah. them get eaten by the orcas. <laughs> A lot of kids haven't seen people get eaten by orcas, you know, so it's a nice thing to do. It's a learning experience for sure. It's how we used to end our summers. You were asking that question. That's right. We would watch people who couldn't pay for the ferries, you know, they'd come around for the tickets and like, why didn't they pay for the And they'd just get thrown to the orcas and the orcas were so happy. They were. They'd be like swimming next to the boat all waiting and waiting. I mean, it's one of the things. And one of them would go, we don't eat people. It's like, (laughs) shut up, you. And they'd slap the orca, the the dumb orca. That's right. Quit being such a stereotype. Okay, wrapping it up. Uh, thanks so much for uh, listening. As I mentioned before, we do have a Patreon um, uh, account as well. If you go on your phone or what have you to the Patreon app and enter Sneaky Dragon and you feel like giving us a little something uh, per month, that'd be great. Or go to patreon.com slash Sneaky Dragon. Swell and swell. Told you all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. I have been Ian. Yeah, if you do go on Patreon, then you can start like saying, you guys really have to get more professional. Yeah, this is like radio. <laughs> this is like radio now. <laughs> and remember, if you uh, want to get a pair of Lululemon shorts, uh, go to um, Facebook Marketplace. There's a lady who's a DJ who's selling some for 25 bucks. Too much. The tag is still in them. <laughs> oh, well, that changes it entirely. Yep. Bye. Bye, everyone. Bye.